0: I'm Merlin,
1: and we're gay, and his MB. Episode
2: fifty-two. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of a gay in his MB. This episode we are talking all things Bravo TV, and we are so excited to be bringing it to you this week. Uh, if you're listening to us wherever you are, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, cross the board on podcast platforms, we really, really appreciate it whenever you leave a rating or a review because it helps us get into that algorithm, helps us get seen by more and more people. We are always always so thankful whenever you do that and we genuinely just want to hear your feedback on what you think of the show so far and and everything that you're loving or not loving even you know but yes tell us in the ratings and reviews uh across the podcast platforms um you can also follow us on social media whether that be Twitter Facebook Instagram TikTok or Threads where we're posting new content every day including clips from the podcast uh funny memes uh instant thoughts on shows that we're watching um, you're, we're going to be posting more and more stuff. I have, I've, you know, ideas for fun stuff that we might be posting soon, um, over on our social media. So be sure to follow us. That's across the social media platforms at a gay and his nb. Um, you can also get merchandise from us over on our store at a gay and his Enby dot com, eight different designs, including our 50th episode anniversary celebration design, um, which I really, really love. I think you guys are going to really, really love too. Uh, it's all there at againismb.threadless.com where you can get it on a variety of different items including t-shirts and mugs and stickers and so many so many different things so go check out uh us over there at againismb.threadless.com and purchase something um and wear Again is mb on you every day um and then you can also submit questions for us uh that we might answer on a future episode of the podcast over at mb at gmail.com um or across the social media platforms that i mentioned um If it's a question about things that we're watching, uh, questions about just life questions in general, anything that you want uh, us to answer or, you know, are just curious about, you can send that to us over there. And it could be answered on a future episode of the podcast.
1: Babe, what are we getting into this week? Oh, my God, these shows.
0: (laughs) So we're going to be talking about... uh Salt Lake City uh they're you know still at the <laughs> Trixie Motel lots of things going on there lots <laughs> lots of things uh we're also going to be talking about the finale of uh Real Housewives of Orange County uh they've got this uh this circusy freak show type party that uh Gina's throwing for the uh, finale there um, one, of the,
2: one of the, I'll say just ahead of time, one of the best finales in a while across Housewives.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, lots of things happened there too. We'll get into it. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, let's talk Roni.
2: Yes, we're still in Anguilla and we're in the middle of the Aaron Uba sunglasses phone fight. Uh, we're in the midst of it. We just come back as Bren is going, why are mommy and daddy fighting? <laughs> really? It's so funny. Aaron being like if you want to calm down and Uber goes, "I am calm." Like again, we we'll, we talked about it a little last week how we're pretty on the side of Uba at this point. At least at this point in the fight. Like right. it's like Aaron instigated certain things. I was annoyed with Aaron being like you can calm down. It's like, "Well, you don't have to yell
0: at me. You escalated it, Aaron." Like, like "What are you doing?"
2: Like, "Come on. Like this is and I think it again is a I think it's a subconscious thing that Uba also kind of hits on later that Aaron might want to look at. I'm I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, and and to be clear, we were we were pretty harsh in our last episode about Emily on Survivor doing a similar thing, profiling someone based on their race and like attributing certain you know, um, attitudes and affiliations to them based on simply the color of their skin. Sure. And I don't think that that was on purpose either, but good God the dog whistles this week.
2: I think Erin I think believes it's just about the phone and the glasses and that. Like, I think she only looks at it on sure. a surface level. I just, uh, I, it frustrates me, we'll get to it later, where it's like she just doesn't want to actually know why Uba's upset and doesn't yeah. want to actually be She's not interested, personally.
0: Well, she's decided that she's a Jewish woman, so she's above any sort of bigotry.
2: There's that. <laughs> there is that, and I don't disagree. Um, Uba goes, how long did you have my phone? Aaron goes, 45 minutes. And then Uba goes, I'll hold your glasses for 45 minutes. And I'm like, work, Uba. That's the passive-aggressiveness we also, need. Also,
0: someone did timestamps. I don't remember if it was in the episode, but they did... Uh, timestamps of when she got the the phone out of the car and when it was returned to Uber, it was an hour and a half it yeah. wasn't 45 minutes.
2: No. <laughs> like, it also wasn't two minutes. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh Aaron, this is where you were talking last week about
0: Aaron's crying,
2: right? And the yeah. way
0: that she was like kind of like
2: right it's like it's not okay. It's just not okay to yell at me like that.
0: Yeah. And then she like sucks it up real quick. You can see it fall off of her face. Yeah. And it's like girl Really, really? You just flipped the switch off. We decided it wasn't working and decided to stop going that route. Come on. Yeah.
2: Uh, they both, they all get into their cars as they're about to go on this like rum tour thing, and they're not like what are they? they're not like ATVs. They're like sort of like these like open air like sort of like um, yeah Humvee kind of things. Aaron's like, I don't even have my glasses, and Jenna's like, Oh God. So now Jenna then goes to the Uba's car. Uba's like driving, and Jenna is like, Uba, can you give Aaron her glasses back? And Uba goes, Nope. Not doing it, I'm gonna set a timer, and then uh speaks to Siri to set the timer, and Jenna goes seriously, like
0: <laughs> Jenna just doesn't want to deal with pissed off Aaron. I think that's all that it is sure,
2: like she kind of, she Jenna's like it just thinks it's like really high school like it just doesn't it just feels really petty to me, and I get it like I think Jenna is not gonna fight over stupid shit like it's not it's not in her nature to like and i get like. It's not simply about it, to me at this point, it's beyond the phone, like the, it's the disrespect we're past the phone part,
0: like right. it's it, it's it's less about being petty and more about making a point, yeah, it's like you don't like it when it's just a matter of convenience of not having your sunglasses, right. Like, imagine how I felt when I realized that my phone was missing and I'm in a foreign country with no way to contact anyone, let alone my family, and let them know that I'm okay. And they're going to then be worried because they're not hearing a check-in from me.
2: Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like, uh, there's so much of this, like, we talked about it last week. There's so much of this. It could have just been diffused. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't because it led to a great fight, of the, the best fight of the season so far. But you know, um, Bryn tells Uba in the car, like, you know, you're right, and you do have a valid point. But when you yell, you lose. And I'm like, there's that flip flopping, like, because yeah. Bryn was not feeling that way in the kitchen table before. She was like, people need to know when a joke is a joke. Like, blah blah blah. It's yeah. like, okay, Bryn, come on. Um, uh, Sai in the car goes, if someone took my phone, I'd be a little bit annoyed. And Aaron goes. I wanted her to be annoyed. She threw me in the pool. That's the whole point. This is why I hate prank culture.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hate pranks. I don't think it's funny. Mm.
2: Uba's ranting in the car uh, more about as they're driving. And Bryn goes, I knew, I know Uba, but you also, you always hit so low. And Uba just goes, uh, uh-uh. uh, take that back. How many times did you guys fight and make up? She's calling you a slut. You're flirting with her husband, and one minute she's hugging you and kissing you. It's like, I, I didn't. I agree with Uba. Uba was on point like throughout this episode to me where it was just, she wasn't taking the bullshit. And I was like, what do you mean she hits below the belt? Like I, this is really the only fight we've seen Uba in. Right. And I think she actually diffuses situations. Most of the time she was at a fucking breaking point here with Aaron. Yeah. I, I, you know, um, Jenna talks about (laughs) the, the, the trying to make it light. Jenna's like, I didn't understand Brynn's story at the dinner about the, her tampon and, and how she stuck it up her butt or whatever when she... <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I would think that it would be, like, insanely painful. <laughs> yeah. A little, like, you know, light humor, but, like, hey, you know. Um, They then arrive at Elvis's beach bar where they're doing, like, a rum tasting sort of thing. Um, Uwe and Jessel can't get out of their seatbelt. They're like, no, we're stuck. And Sighs like, sorry, you're on your own. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, uh there Elvis is the guy who's heading up the bar. He owns it and he's like ser- you know serving them everything. He's serving them uh with his mama juana blend or whatever of uh for of rum. At one point Cy goes, Is it like moonshine? Wait, what is moonshine? And Jessica goes, It's like alcohol that's made like naturally. And they're the veterans just like that's not what moonshine is.
0: No. I mean technically moonshine is made through a natural process, but that's not what makes it moonshine. That's not what makes it moonshine.
2: Uh, <laughs> Jessel Jessel's just a world travel person. She's been to Kentucky or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um at one point Elvis misses Jessel's order and she's like, "Do I blend in with the table? Like what is it?" And then it can that led to sort of a narrative throughout the episode that like Jessel blends in and like people forget she exists. And I'm like, I don't think that
0: translates to the
2: audience. No, I think they did not they did not expect Jessel to be the star she was on this show. Yeah they really thought she was just going to like everyone
0: was just going to find her boring and like a I really think that they expected Aaron and Brynn to be the people who popped off with with the audience and people like them. Yeah. But I really think Jessel and Jenna are the two that have really like captured the hearts of the Rony viewers. Jessel has
2: a very dry humor and yeah. I think that's what makes it different.
0: And I I also like a, as much as we kid about her and Pavet hating each other, <laughs> I really do think that they have probably the most solid, one of the most solid marriages on Bravo right I think now. So.
2: I love if you like, I love Jessel like or not Jessel Pavet rooting Jessel on. Like when the seating alignment for the reunion got announced and Jessel got first seen, he's like,
1: "Fuck yes!" Like, <laughs>
2: I was like, good on Povet. Povet like, gets it. Psy <laughs> um, goes behind the bar for a little bit and bartends. She talks about how she used to bartend in New York and stuff like that. Um, she forgets Jessel's shot, which, again, just really hyping that narrative. Um, but then Uba's alarm goes off for the timer that she set and, but it went off. So she get she, uh, takes the sunglasses out of her bag and gives them to Aaron and Aaron goes, it needs to touch someone else's hand before it comes to me. And so Jenna grabs it and Aaron goes, Oh, thanks so much, Jenna. You found my glasses. That's so gross. It's so stupid, passive aggressive. And like, but it, it, but it's like, Aaron also makes comments throughout this about like Uba's acting like a child. Like, she's like, that's what my seven-year-old does. Like, takes my glasses off and, you know, and yells and whatever. It's like, you act the same way. Like, that's my issue where I think there is, like, a double standard and where the whole race element comes into play, which is just, like, Aaron does the same shit, kind of. Yeah. Like, she goes in the parties basically being like, I'm going to ruin them. (laughs) Yeah. How is that any different?
0: And the only other party that she went in and did that to was Brynn, who is also black.
2: Yes. Which, yeah. And, and even though she may be
0: passing, like, it's right. Uba she's, talks to it
2: later. It's like.
0: Yeah. She's still a whole ass black woman. Yeah. Like, I, there's correlation here. I don't know if it's causation, but there's correlation.
2: Aaron uh, tells Uba, instead of getting so mad, talk to me like a normal friend. And Uba goes, don't tell me what to do. I'm not your kid. Yeah. How about you talk to her? How about you be like, hey, what's wrong? Like <laughs> come on. Jesus Christ. Bryn's like, you guys are both friends, you know, that are just hurt. And Uba goes, and I've had her back. And Aaron goes, by calling me a spoiled brat, and Uba goes, You are. <laughs> Uba was just like not like she was quick. Uber was so yeah. quick. Um and you and Uba points to Bryn and goes, You abused this girl. She called you a social climber. And then we flash back to episode one where they were talking and Aaron makes the comment.
0: I completely forgot about that.
2: I don't remember if it was in the
0: episode. It but, was. It was.
2: Yeah. Um, Bryn goes, you don't have to climb when you're already at the top. And then uh, Aaron goes, look, this was before with the Casa Cipriani thing. And I called you a social climber. You know that. And Bryn goes, well, I didn't know that, actually, that you called me a social climber. It's okay, though. But I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, social climber is such an <laughs> innocuous insult. It's like, come on. Aren't we all? Aren't we all social climbers? <laughs> um uba says that two
2: seconds a- later that aaron's like loving on you blah, 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 blah. and then aaron's like you know what? i'm going back to the villa bye and just starts to walk off because and this has now become a trend with aaron where and she i think mentions where she's like it's she's like i disassociate from situations and just leave which i'm like i get but also it's like it's a great way to avoid accountability on things yeah and kind of not the best for housewives in a certain respect right Um, Jenna decides to go check on Aaron and Jenna goes so inappropriate, so inappropriate. And it's like someone's place of business. Like, I don't think it's appropriate to scream at other people. And I'm like, Jenna, do you know what show
0: you're on? (laughs) Right.
2: Do you know how many restaurants people have been screaming at each other across on
0: Housewives? You realize that the first viral moment from Housewives in general was Teresa flipping a table in a restaurant.
2: In a full fucking, like, actually really nice restaurant. (laughs) Like, come on. uh Uh, Sai tells Uba, like, you just can't, like, lash out at people. Like, you know, you have to control yourself in that regard. Aaron and Jenna then go to the other side of the bar, away from the rest of them. Uba goes, I'm trying to control myself. I literally put myself on uh, control cruise. And Sai goes, cruise control. And Uba goes, whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) (laughs) Bring the comment of, the sunglasses are probably worth more than the phone. And then Uba goes, she's wearing sunglasses from Canal. They were plastic.
0: <laughs> wow. And Bryn's like,
2: Ooh, we're fighting now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Aaron goes, The fact that they are still standing there, this was so one Kyle Richards, like I mentioned before, she's just Kyle Richards. Yeah. And two, very white women be like, Why is not everyone just like coming to my defense and like checking on me, and making sure I'm okay? Yep. Uh, like, because you're not the most important person here. Like, sorry. Like they decide to all then go limbo and they limbo with this guy, Jeff, like just random person. They found when the subhead says new friend, Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron goes, I really have no respect for any of them anymore. The fact that they're just like gallivanting around, uh, um, <laughs> Uber then goes for her limbo and Aaron goes, I hope she falls. <laughs> G- Jesus. Awful. um, Jenna takes Aaron, like, let's, let's just play Connect Four over here and, and and you know, leave him alone. Um, They then go back to uh, then leave to go to lunch. Jenna tells Sai that one of the girls at the bar had asked her if Bryn was her daughter.
1: <laughs>
0: wow.
2: <laughs> Which, like, that... Is, I, I, Like, I... And she says, like... She was like, I'm drunk, I'm sorry. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, but, like, why... Why would you ever ask that question?
0: It's like asking a woman if she's pregnant. Right. It's like you just don't. I mean, I don't think Brynn is quite young enough to be Jenna's daughter. I think Jenna's in her 50s, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: think so. And uh, I think Jenna's like, or not Jenna, Brynn is like 36, 38, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. She doesn't look it. And Jenna doesn't look her age either. But like... Come on. Yeah.
2: Um, Jenna goes, I'm surprised fell in, <laughs> Rin fell in the limbo. I figured she'd have more experience bending
0: over backwards. I've never understood that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bending over backwards is not a position that lends itself to fucking. No. Why is that constantly? It's one of the few joke? positions that does not lend itself to fucking. It like closes you off, actually. Like, I don't understand how, what? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Why is it constantly being used as a euphemism for that? It doesn't, bending over forwards makes more sense. Now there's legs overhead, Right. Which is different. Which is different. But like bending over backwards, I would feel like you wouldn't have enough stability to be, like, I just don't understand. No. It's not a good euphemism and we need as a culture to stop using it. Yeah. They drive to
2: Roy's Bayside Grill for lunch. Um, Sai goes, I just wish we could resolve this some way. And Uba goes, we can resolve this when people stop being liars and abusive. And Sai goes, Okay, you're abusive, and she lies. And Uba goes, aggressive, not abusive. There is a difference. Yeah. Sai was kind of Sai was a little annoying me this episode because she does she does this thing a lot on this season where she's just like, guys, let's like stop. Like, let's stop arguing. It's like As a viewer, I'm like, okay, but like, you can't. I'm like, let them fight a little bit more. Like, just let the fight happen a little bit more and like, let us enjoy it. And and instead of like cutting it off every time.
0: Right. And for someone who wants to cut the fight off every time to then find out that she's got a burn book on everyone. (laughs) Wasn't that her that has a burn book? No, Jessel. Jessel has a burn book. Okay. Uh, Sai probably has one,
2: but (laughs) she's not going to say it. Um, Jessel brings up that how Aaron told them about the stuff that Jenna said and the comments about, you know, her rich uncle. Like I never said that shit. And Jessel's like, I'm starting to realize who's driving all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, Aaron's the fucking common denominator. Yeah. Like duh. Like, and then plays victim. I, that annoys me. Uh, Uba tells Cy, I'm not taking one thing back. And Cy's like, so let's just move on or whatever. And then I was confused. Uber, like, Aaron then sits down or whatever. Like, Sai goes to the bath. Uber makes, like, some weird analogy of, like, you Americans, you're like, oh, you put a dick in my ass. And you're like, oh, you're like, you know, take it out. Here, like, why are you putting a dick in my ass? Like, I didn't get what she was saying.
0: I didn't understand it either. But
2: but Aaron knew she was talking about her and Aaron was mad. <laughs> Even though it made no like sense, like nonsensical
0: like I, point. Like I feel like I need to rewatch that scene. Because I rewatched
2: that- it three times and I could not figure out what she was saying.
0: <laughs> if you understood what she was saying, like send us a message. Our DMs are open. Send us a DM on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or something. Send us an email. Yeah,
2: Aaron's like okay um i hope you all have a wonderful lunch i'm going back to the villa like i'm not sitting here for this and, and uber goes bye
0: <laughs> and then she literally goes back with production
2: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like oh god it's just like a lot of drama i mean drama is housewives but it's like it's a lot of like sort of like
0: it's not fun messy shade drama it's Ugh, it's exhausting drama. Yeah, it's like now I have to feel bad
2: for you, whatever. Um, Jenna says talks about how Uba is incredibly sweet until she's not, and then she brings up like she's like the first time I really saw like Uba switch was I guess this was like towards the beginning of the season when like you know um, she was upset because she I invited her over to the house for like a group thing and she didn't know cameras were going to be up and was upset that I didn't tell her cameras were going to be up and like we see the clip of it and she wasn't mean i thought she was like maybe a little stern of being like i need to know what blah blah, blah.
0: but also you're filming a reality show you should assume that cameras are going to be up
2: sure but maybe this is her first time doing it i don't know
0: i have never done a reality show and i would assume cameras are up from when cameras go up to when they go down yeah yeah i, I conduct yourself accordingly i don't know i it's, that's just me like i i don't understand how you could sign a contract to be on a reality show and then you're surprised when you're on a reality show
2: yeah <laughs> like, i guess and also like because i think like sigh and someone else was there so it was like y- you knew multiple people from the show you yeah. think they wouldn't want to film it like yeah you know anyways uh uber goes i hope her uber breaks down
0: what it could be is it could have been, like, something back after they had just gotten rid of Liz. Right. And she wasn't aware that cameras were back up yet. Maybe. Maybe that's what happened. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, but still, like, you're on reality TV. You should assume that you're being filmed.
2: Yeah. Uber goes, I hope her Uber breaks down. And Jenna goes, stop. You're not malicious. <laughs> Uh, Bryn's like, I don't come. Brin's like, look, I don't come for you, et cetera, or whatever. And Uba goes, because you're half black. And Uba's like, you know, I'm done with this like angry black woman stigma. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. Yeah. And I have emotions and that's normal. You know, it's not some like extra aggressive thing. Sai goes, but it doesn't give anyone the right to be in someone's face. And Uba goes, guess what? She was in my face. And then Sai goes, I don't want to hear about this conversation anymore. And then Uba goes, if you don't want to hear the conversation, don't jump in because you jumping in makes me want to correct you too. Yeah. Uh, that's what a, that's the part that was annoying me with Sai, which it was like Sai would then make a point and then someone would respond and she'd be like, "I don't want to talk about this anymore." Like you can't be
0: both loud <laughs> and wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick one. <laughs> um Jessel <laughs> at one point Jessel takes Aaron's sparkling water cuz Aaron's already left but the bartender still brings her a drink shake. Is this hers? Let me just take that. <laughs> <laughs> um Sai so just goes So how about those Yankees? (laughs) And Brynn's like, hey, and grabs her
0: boobs and goes, wait, why did I grab my boobs? (laughs) At this point, people should really just realize that Brynn leads with her tits. Yeah. And that's just, she doesn't even realize she's doing it sometimes.
2: It's her (laughs) natural stance. Um, But this transitions to them like, oh, you're just like always flirting or whatever. And then Bryn talks about how her grandmother kind of taught her that lesson of like, you know, Flirting and you know Using it as power Sort of in a sense Bryn's like you. She told me like You don't go to college To become a doctor You go to marry a doctor Which I'm like oh. Yeah it's, it's dated Obviously yeah. But I mean I, I also embrace I embrace women Or any like Using their sexuality, I think you should use whatever
0: traits you have. But I I do think that that mentality has led to why she doesn't trust that men are actually interested in her her and there for her. Because she leads so hard with her sexuality in a way to... I don't want to say manipulate because that it has no. such a negative connotation, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is as a power move to get what she needs and wants in a situation. It's almost like a crutch. So she assumes that because her advancements are surface level, that their reciprocation is surface level, and she doesn't trust any depth. Yeah, I think that along with all of her other trauma that she's dealt with around poor relationships, mm-hmm. that is part of the reason why she doesn't trust any of these men it's part of the reason why she won't settle down with any of these guys she just doesn't trust that they're being more genuine than she is because she's not being genuine and
2: it and it does seem like it's her environment she talks about how she went to medical school or whatever and she was like i like tore apart this like cadaver like i was like a cannibal like i was so like you know good at it and like nobody cared but the second i told them i was dating a turkish billionaire everyone was so proud of me yeah it's like it, that sucks. That does really suck, actually. Yeah. Um, and she's very emotional thinking about her grandmother and is crying and stuff like that. And Jess was like, You're, she would be really proud of you, etc. Um. Aaron gets back to the villa and she's calling her dad and immediately he's just like crying. like, dad. And then Aaron's like trying to tell the story of like, you know, I, I took Uba's phone like as a prank, like just, to, you know, whatever. Within two minutes, she had her phone. The next morning, she went crazy.
1: That's such like, that's um, such a reductive
0: argument. That's not what happened.
1: You're like, it's a, it's, I get it. Like
2: we all do our, but it's like, you're leaving out like big sort of like chunks or whatever to make you look right better. And also like she had it in two minutes is like not accurate
0: at all. Not even kind of again.
2: If Uber would have just went to bed, you would not have given her her phone until at the very least the next morning.
0: Right. Yeah. Um,
2: uh, And then I felt bad, Aaron, not felt bad. I felt bad that I, some of the thoughts I was having, Aaron's like, you know, it felt like I was back in seventh grade and that was like a really hard year for me. I was bullied for having a long jaw. This boy used to call me long jaw silver. And I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't get the link to your fight with Uba and you getting bullied in the seventh grade.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not getting that either. It didn't connect. Again, did you tell
2: the the person who called you Long John Silver, don't say my name before any of it happened, because again, you know what I mean? Like you like this isn't some like you're not being bullied. Like when you're having like you're literally having fights with everyone on this cast. You've gotten into fights with literally everyone. Like I don't like the framing of that as like you're being bullied or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, um. The topic comes up when they're still eating dinner or uh, eating lunch about sending kids to boarding school and like what the cho- their choices are with that. It was like parents who put their kids in boarding school do not want to be
0: parents at the end of the day. Um. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean,
2: I think people do it for a multitude of reasons. Like, I think that
0: is one of them.
2: I think definitely. Yeah, I think it's a it's one I think and obviously with you can only do it with certain means. Right. So, that's the other thing. Um Jenna talks about how she didn't put her son Beckett in private school in the city because like like all of them have like private jets and like sort of stuff and it's like I don't want him to have like this like really warped sense of money. Like I even have to check myself with him sometimes where I'm like, you know, can't get into that mindset. And I thought that was nice to hear.
0: Well, and it also echoes back to you know, she gives gifts as a form of showing love, Mm -hmm. and she's not able to do that with her son because her son's, like, checking her on her spending. That's true. And so, like, I can understand why she's, like, wants to spend more for him and maybe does more in the friend department Mm. to make up for that and give that love somewhere because she's not able to show it in the way that she knows how.
2: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a good. That's, a, that's an interesting connection to that. Um, Uba apologizes to the group um, for the stuff with Aaron. And it's basically like, look, I know I love her, and she loves me, even though she hates me now. I hate her now too, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she apologized to them for making it awkward, which I think was big of Uba, and honestly, I don't think she needed to even do it, but it was big of her.
0: No, but I understand, and like it, it should have been more on Aaron to make that apology, but that wasn't going to happen. Right. So knowing that they deserve an uh, apology, I can understand why Uba did it. They get
2: back in the cars to head back to the villa. Brynn then tells Jessel in the car that Aaron had been talking mad shit about her and had been calling her like the dumb dumb of the group. And Jessel is then pissed. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm fucking done playing nice. And I'm, I've been letting shit go for way too long. Now it's too fucking much. And then she's like, so I literally have a checklist on this bitch. And like <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. And like she cause I guess one of the things Jessel does, I thought I think this is actually kind of healthy. Like when she gets mad at someone, she
0: just writes it down in like a yeah, like she she says that she makes the first time that someone pisses her off, she just makes a mental note but doesn't really keep record of it. Yeah. But the second time it's at that point in her mind a pattern and she's recording that pattern.
2: Oh yeah. It's like I need documentary
0: evidence. <laughs> right. I I want to know what the file looks like on Povit. Oh, oh God. <laughs> That's like 20 it, pages. It's either 20 pages or it's nothing. You know what I mean? Because I feel like But isn't it, it everything? <laughs> I feel like, yes, what I was what I was saying earlier, yes, they like they act like they hate each other. But I really think that they just love and support each other so much mm-hmm. that they get out any little aggressions through, like, these little yeah bickering things and I'm just saying. let it go. It's
2: not If there's a list, it's not major shit. It's, like, the most minute fucking bullshit. He
0: left the toilet seat up for the third time this week. I'm going to kick him in the he balls. He missed
2: a spot on the
0: counter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Brynn goes. Jessel's a gangster. We got Al Capone in the back seat, and then they lose this metaphor eventually, because they pull up to to um, Jenna inside to tell them like, Uba or er, er, uh, Jessel's got like a list. Blah 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 blah. You know, she's like Al Capone. Jenna goes, I didn't know Al Capone made lists. I thought he had a vault. <laughs> and yeah. So, somewhere, Shannon Bedore is going. It's a it's normal relationship problems in that vault. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the vault. <laughs> um sai uh thinks that uh jessel's just like adding fuel to the fire after like she's like i just calmed uba down and like now jessel and brenner just like revving uba back up great so i don't think they did actually yeah to be honest um they arrive back to the uh villa <laughs> uba goes i can't believe
1: i'm sharing a room with al pacino and they're like al capone and like whatever somehow
0: <laughs> to be fair al pacino did play scarface who is also a gangster like Yeah. You know, there's a connection.
2: <laughs> Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh when they get into the villa, Uba apologizes to the house staff as well. She's just like, guys, I'm sorry for earlier. <laughs> like, I know it was intense. Aaron then says, Uba, come. Come here and sit down with me. Uba, I love that Uba's like, say it nicely. Good for her. I really like because I I didn't like the way Aaron said, it, come. I'm like, is she in the words of Heather DeBro, am I a Dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron's like, you know, I'm, you know, calm and I'm ready to resolve things for the sake of the trip. I'm like, are you, I, un, unless you have like a weird version of like what resolving means. Um, they sit down. Uba goes, can we actually take sunglasses off? <laughs> like, I need to look you in the eyes, basically. Aaron's like, you know, I was crying, you know, you know, the way you treated me, you know, was shocking. And, you know, because I love you, it hurts more. And Uba, Uba says... You have the right to feel that way. Like Uba conceded a
1: lot. Yeah.
2: Like which I think is and cuz Aaron's like it was a prank that was really lighthearted and the way you behaved today was so incongruous with what I was doing and Uba's like I see your point. She literally like that's where I'm that's why I'm fully giving it to Uba. Uba's trying to get to a better place. I think she's genuinely trying to communicate and like have a conversation but Aaron's the one just like not willing to concede anything. Yeah. Um, Uba's like you I didn't know why you had my phone and Aaron goes you should have asked me. And and this is where Uba starts to get pissed. She's like you have common sense, Aaron. And U- Aaron goes don't talk to me in a condescending way one more time. It's like <laughs> Uh Uba goes condescending? You're a liar. <laughs> And as Jessel then gets into the jacuzzi and is just on her phone, and Brynn's telling Silent, she's taking notes. She's taking notes <laughs> right now of everything that's happening. Aaron goes, I never talked to you like that. I never called you a piece of shit. And then Uba goes, I'm going to let you understand why I feel that way. And Aaron goes, Why? Oh, condescendingly? After just. <sighs> It was like, you know what? I want to show you. Let me find my phone. And her phone's not in her purse. And she's like, wait, where's my phone? And then she starts looking around for her phone. It's like, Brynn, can you help me find it? Aaron thinks this is like some big get of like, you know, oh, so I, you know, took her phone over and she's always on her phone and she never, but she's, this is the second time she's lost her phone. Losing her, losing her phone has nothing to do with this.
0: What does it has nothing to do? Like, again, you didn't find her phone. The driver found the phone. And if you hadn't taken it from the driver, the driver would have gone into the house and given it to either one of the the house staff or Uba herself. And
2: it doesn't go against anything that Uba is saying about why she needs her phone, right? Right. People lose their... Like, I lose stuff that I need all the fucking time. It doesn't mean I don't need those things. Right. It doesn't mean I don't have bases behind why I have those things. (sighs)
1: Yeah.
2: Uba's like, I don't know where my phone is. And Aaron goes, what if someone's playing a prank on you? Uba goes, nobody will after today. <laughs> also, not the time, bitch. Not the time. Yeah. Uba goes, I have to report to my family. And Uba goes, I would never keep your phone all night. And then Uba's like, look, whatever. You know, I'm going to look for my phone. You know, we'll do, you know, because you know, you know, it's like, we'll do this, whatever. And Aaron's like, no, let's finish this right now. I'm not blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, I'm not. We're not. I'm not going to stop, start, or whatever. And Uba goes, you know what? How about this? We're done. Like, like, if you're not, you're going to be this. I'm. Then we'll just forget it. Fuck it. I'm not going to try to, you know, whatever. Aaron goes inside at one point and goes, look, I'm going to put on a bait. Tell Sai, I'm going to put on a bathing suit them, and then I'm going to drop kick her in the pool. Uh. But she's aggressive and scary. Um, Bryn ends up finding Uba's phone though in the car. It's literally in the same car. Jeez. Just check the car. Um, Uba, th- but she gives it to Uba, and as they're all by the jacuzzi, Uba's like, "Aaron is running circles around all of us." Bryn tells I, you know, I mean, she's being accused of throwing someone in the pool. I got accused of being a slut and fucking somebody's husband. <laughs> Aaron then rolls up and goes, "Nobody called you a slut."
0: No, but you heavily implied it. Yeah.
2: Aaron's like I apologize to you about that already and Bryn goes and I forgave you in like two hours for me when it happened it was three weeks that you forgave me and then um Aaron goes so now you're starting with me and the way Bryn is like takes her glasses off and goes do you want me to start with you and Aaron goes no she's like yeah you don't (laughs) that was good on Bryn was like don't try it bitch i will fuck you up right now
0: well and i i think that it was starting to register with bryn a little bit like bitch is just going after the black girls what is going on yeah
2: so i was like look look, let's get over and just like have a good night bryn's like no i'm actually kind of mad about this now (laughs) because like it's (laughs) about my integrity and like and, and that Bryn's like, it's really intercoversal goes, it's really reckless. She doesn't hold herself accountable. We don't hold her accountable. And Abe's so far up her ass it makes me jealous. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Aaron's gonna love that. Um, Jessel goes, All I hear is own up to your shit from you, and you haven't apologized to anyone here. And Aaron and Bryn's like, well, she apologized to me. And Jessel's like, Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> she hasn't apologized to me. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Aaron apologizes again to Bryn, and then Aaron goes, Can you please not turn on me like this? Bryn brings up the whole social climber thing, and Aaron in her confessional is like, Bryn is a social climber. Like she like
0: Okay, like uh I mean, I guess I understand. I don't understand why, to a certain degree, I don't understand why she's so upset with the social climber con comment. Because you're on reality TV. Being on reality TV automatically makes you a social climber. Aren't
2: all of you, well, other than Jenna,
1: aren't all of you social climbing just being here?
0: Right. Hell, we're social climbing by starting a podcast. We want <laughs> you to love us. <laughs> that is love. the whole
2: point. Uh, uh, Aaron goes, we resolved it. Why are you bringing this up now? Because she's riling you up, pointing to Uba. And Uba goes, no. I, what it is is, and Aaron goes, be quiet. And Uba goes, don't tell me what to do. Aaron goes, I'm sorry to Brynn goes, I'm sorry for calling you that word. And then Uba starts going, she's just that person who calls and Aaron goes, shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. You're such a bitch. Like yelling at her. And and Uba, and, and Uba goes, no, you're the fucking bitch. And like Uba's done and like gets, gets up and gets her.
0: I, 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 um, Uba has a lot more restraint than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Somebody comes at me like that. I'm leaping across that hot tub.
2: Oh, I was so annoyed. Aaron's like, you treat everyone like shit, which what? Like, of all the people, Uber treats everyone like shit? No. Uber goes, darling, you can't compare to me. Sai <laughs> agrees. Like, yeah, Aaron is kind of the common denominator in all these fights when you think about it. Like. Yep. Uh, Aaron's like Says Uba's like Abusing her or whatever And uh, Aaron just like Starts crying What do you want from me You're turning everyone Against me And just starts crying And just like bawling Like it's just too much And like Obsessively crying To where Uba Then has to like Hug her Ugh I was so annoyed Like Uba had to put Everything fucking aside To tend to this White woman in distress It was like I'm just tired (laughs) So like, it's, all, it's just too much. Uh, and then, basically, they decide to then go over and talk. Brennan, in the, in the jacuzzi, goes, do I think she deserves it? Sure. Come, you know, homegirl's been stirring the pot, but it is a lot. <laughs> it's like, my God. Uba tells Aaron she loves her. And Aaron's like, I mean, I love you, too. It just really hurts. And, and, you know, I'm scared to be friends with you. And Uba's like, I take back all the names I called you or whatever. And Uba goes, the lying thing is bullshit. You talking about sh- uh, people is not bullshit. And Aaron goes, "I don't talk shit about people, bitch."
0: <laughs> what? Uh, your, your name is literally like your middle name is literally talks shit about people. Yeah, I Aaron, don't understand.
1: Aaron talks shit about people, Leechy. It's I don't understand. <laughs>
2: you know, and then Aaron confesses. Aaron goes, "I'm saying Jessel's annoying. I'm saying Bryn's a social climber. Those are facts." I'm not saying things everyone doesn't already know.
0: Uh, and the thing with Erin is that everything that she says is in such a bitchy, cunty way, yeah, that you can't help but like. At least enjoy it. She would
2: be a good villain if she embraced it more. Yes, like that's why I'm talking. Also, like in the Kyle Richards sense, Kyle doesn't view herself as the villain, or the possibility that she could be a villain.
0: Kyle's entire personality is that um, meme from Scarlet Envy from All-Stars." Am I the villain?: Am I the drama?: Am I the drama? I'm not the drama. Let be honest. Um,
2: <laughs> UBA apologizes.: Got to do the splits.: <laughs> UBA apologizes for snatching her glasses and keeping them. Um, and then I was like, OK, so and now Aaron's about to apologize for taking the phone and, you know, and maybe yelling at. No, oh,
0: she doesn't do either of those. Oh, because she still will not accept any culpability.
2: So, I was so pissed that she didn't say, I'm sorry for taking the phone. D- those words did not leave her fucking mouth
0: because she's not sorry. She still asserts that she was right. To she, do says, that.
2: Like, I, she says like she says in her confessional. I'm never going to word for the wise. I'm never going to prank her ever again.
0: That's not the point. The point was this is not a prank. And even if it was, she didn't find it funny, which means you owe her an apology. Uh, Period. End of story.
2: I was so, I was genuinely so mad that she did not apologize. Like, I was just like, this is, uh." and this is why I hate pranking.
0: Like, I I hate pranking, I hate it.
2: It's the worst. They get dressed and they get ready to go to dinner. Bryn's getting out of a shower in her towel and then goes into Jenna's room. She's like, hi. (laughs) She's like, I'm wet in more ways than one and like lays on her bed and.
0: (laughs) Uh, Jesus Christ, Jenna's going to, like, attack this woman at some point, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just here for it. <laughs> Aaron's
2: getting her makeup done, and Jenna's talking to her about, you know, because Jen, Jenna was literally, like, doing work or something, like, as this whole fight in the hot tub was uh-huh. happening, so she missed all of it, <laughs> and she's asking about it. Aaron's like, yeah, they all, like, ganked up on me in the hot tub, and just, Jenna's like, oh, no, Aaron goes, but I think that's how you felt the other night, <laughs> And of like Aaron realizing how it was wrong for her to do what she did to Jenna the first night of the trip, and I'm like,
0: so she'll apologize to Jenna. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Just I I'm gonna start a uh just a checklist like Jessel. Just we'll we'll start a checklist over here. Right. Okay. It's, uh...
2: Um, they talk about Jessel thinking, I guess Jessel made a comment at one of the dinners that she thought the Grateful Dead was a heavy metal band because Abe was going to a Grateful Dead concert or whatever. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, I don't I, know anything about the Grateful Dead. I thought they were heavy metal. This is,
2: this is the podcast called A Gay and His Envy. So we
0: don't know. <laughs> we like top 40s pop music. And I
2: understand Andy Cohen says, talks about the Grateful Dead every other sentence, but like that doesn't count. <laughs> Jenna asks again about like the Al Capone thing. Like what was that about? Psy brings up. So yeah, Jessel basically has notes on all of us, which is a misconstruing of, it was confusing when they right. related to Psy, but she's like, she has notes on all of us or whatever. And they basically like laugh about it or whatever. Um, Bryn's hair is just a mess. Because she was going to come down in just her full wet hair. And then she goes back up to change and she's like, yeah, I did bangs. I like bangs.
0: I, I mean, like bangs. I I like her in The Bangs, too, but it makes her look very young. Sure. Like, who is it she looks like? She looks, with, with that hair, she looks like um, the one of the backup dancers for Fitness Marshall, the one that's her, his ex. Yes.
2: yes, 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 yes.
0: Who already also looks to me like she should be on Vanderpump Rules.
2: Very <laughs> She's every sir, uh,
1: waitress,
0: like honestly. Yeah,
2: um, Brynn goes, Are we missing people? She's like, Oh, I always forget about Jessel. It's like they real again, they really thought that like she was gonna be like a complete afterthought.
0: I don't understand.
2: Uh, um, Uben and Aaron hug at the table, and Brynn like drunkenly is like, Cheer, because also Brynn is drunk as fuck. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> she starts cheering. They all like go over like their favorite outfits from the trip. Jenna says that Jessel's look tonight at dinner was her favorite, and I disagreed. I thought <laughs> Jessel looked fucking crazy. <laughs> this like this like tube top, like like tube top with a long skirt, but the top is like also like tied in the back, like but like tied with like a long, like like long rest of the tie. It was like, odd. And it was like tie-dye, like blue and green. I was like What are we doing?
0: No. No. Maybe she was trying for, like, ocean vibes. Yeah. It didn't work, but she was trying.
2: And then Jenna's like, you know, this is, you know, after how bad the Hampton Strip went for me in terms of, like, my emotional stability, I give this a B plus or I would say, like, a 7 out of 10. I I didn't do that bad.
0: (laughs) But also 7 out of 10 is a C. Yeah. It's a C minus. Math is hard.
2: (laughs) But she's proud of herself for not, you know, be, like being socially with the group and stuff like that. So yeah. good I on mean, Jenna. Good on her. Uh, yeah. That's the end of the episode and the end of the Anguilla trip. Um, it seems like Sai and Jessel going to be getting into it next episode and, and all that. So there's still more stuff to come from uh, uh, Rony. I know they filmed the reunion already, so we'll be barreling close towards the end, but uh, as annoyed as I was with Aaron, this episode, it's a decent episode, I would say in terms of, in terms of drama.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it.
2: Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't go anywhere.
1: Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal on the mainstream Media. And I'm the Riz. And, Thank you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Do you know where we can find that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm
0: Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's
1: why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like,
0: accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To
1: a little more spicy.
0: Like, one of my favorites... Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available
1: on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies, to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow.
0: 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know, to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know
1: by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com That's
0: SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com
1: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com
0: Welcome back to A Gay and a envy. Let's head on over to Palm Springs, where the ladies drag each other and then attempt to drag themselves on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Real
1: Housewives of Salt Lake, the final run of the Palm Springs vacation.
2: Um, we, I feel like we differ on this episode in terms of our opinions on it. I, I didn't know how to... I, it's not a bad episode. It's a good episode. But I didn't know how to feel. If that makes sense. I was kind of confused at the end of it. There was a lot of like, sort of like, it was jumbled in a certain way to where when salt, but when Salt Lake is jumbled, it's still good because it's so chaotic. Sure. Does that make sense? Like everyone's so crazy that it's like works, but it's like, I also am like, what are we doing? Kind of it. it, Like we'll get to it. There was, I don't know where I'm aligned. Obviously, there's a lot of intertwining alignments. I don't think it's very, di- it's it's not as clear cut, like divided, like sometimes Housewife seasons get where it's like right. one team versus another. It seems like there's somewhat teams forming, but it's like I was with people and then not with people within like a five minute span of each other.
0: Well, and I I honestly feel like that's better because mm-hmm. you have more nuanced people and more real fully developed I hate to use the word characters, but that's true.
2: I mean, with this franchise, I wouldn't. it's not that wrong.
0: <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, characters, people in general, have both positives and negatives to them. No one is all correct or all wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like this, having that same sort of reflection in the way that we feel about each of these women on this trip is correct like that is how it happens in nature quote unquote yeah um so yeah like i i'm fine with that
1: (laughs) well yeah we'll get we did we definitely had strong
2: um i'll say this we have me and merlin had a strong disagreement on one person on this cast We'll, we'll probably get back into it uh when we get to it but
0: I honestly don't even remember. So. You okay. Good, good. We'll just do it like we never, like it never happened and we'll just rehash it. It's fine. Um,
2: we wake up the next morning and we're they're at the Trixie Motel. Um, uh, Heather's like rallying and he's like in the, like in the bathroom, still recovering from the puke session um, from, from the night before. Um, Meredith is FaceTiming Seth and she's eating caviar for breakfast. I, I. What? <laughs> like, I I'm not the like most adverse to caviar. I'm like I'm not. It's not my favorite by any means. But it's like that's not a breakfast food. No. I mean, I guess you if you get like uh, no no. I'm not trying to reason with her on this. That, that was insane. There we,
0: wasn't a Taco Bell you could go to.
2: <laughs> Why? Don't, oh my god! Can I get a breakfast quesadilla with caviar? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, we go. We go to the main lobby and we get an appearance from David, uh, Trixie's business partner slash partner. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> who, who I love that no, like I love the people who were watching it who didn't know who David was, for, who haven't watched like Trixie Motel and like or what and all that. And she's like, "Can I borrow your sharpie?" And she, "He's like, sure." It's like I'm designing my own shirt because she didn't get a shirt last episode from the thing. And he goes. I'm starting my own club. And David goes. Oh, that's so sad. You're making your own shirt. David is a shady motherfucker. Like he doesn't even realize how shady he is. Like it's so good. I love how so adverse because what like on Trixie Motel, the Discovery reality show where they make the motel. Like he's so adverse to like you know. I think he really is kind of adverse to reality television. Well,
0: and Trixie Trixie makes comments like like on one of her million and a half youtube shows podcasts whatever that she has Mm -hmm. um she made a comment at one point that she had to force david to be on (laughs) trixie motel and i'm like this bitch is living he's so good at it he is like standing in the background as one of the servers he's like doing this other stuff he's like in four scenes (laughs) it's like what are you doing i think he got more airtime than trixie did
2: maybe yeah uh, Lisa stops by Whitney's room to talk. Good morning. Are you ready to go? <laughs> Everything she talks is every every time she talks is funny. She could read a phone book and it'd be hilarious. Um, Lisa asks how she feels about last night. Um, she Lisa goes. I think Angie went in super hot, but things just got crazy. And Whitney goes. Meredith manipulates the situation by saying, "I can't talk about this right now." do you know what I'm going through? And which I do think she does. Like, I'm not saying she doesn't, by the way, I think Whitney's valid in that to a certain extent. Um, And then, cause then we also see the flashback of like what she was meaning when she was like the, there are children who are going to be disabled and blah, blah, blah. I guess it's her friend's grandson.
0: There is no way she's that tore up that she can't have a conversation with somebody. No, it. it like I just this I just,
2: felt like avoiding. It did feel like avoiding the Angie thing. I don't think. I mean, it's clear Meredith doesn't want to give Angie anything on this show. Like bottom line, and Meredith has always. Been, I mean, her biggest catchphrase is is I'm disengaging. Right. You know, and which gets annoying at times. I do agree. Um. Yeah. I. I don't think Whitney is necessarily wrong. I just think, I think her approach is nasty. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, yeah, she's, she's messy. Yeah. Lisa relays what she said. Cause Whitney's like, I mean, you helped her afterwards. That seemed like you made some progress with Meredith. And Lisa goes, she was like, I know stuff about their family. And I'm like, not this again. Oh my God. After last year and how yucky that felt. Don't do this.
0: Yeah. 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 It felt like we were heading back wrong road. Wrong, wrong road. road.
2: <laughs> Whitney goes, Listen, if today isn't fun, I'm going to like fully take over. So it's fucked up. It's so fucked up what Whitney's doing to Meredith in this regard about it. it, it this is Meredith's trip. What are you saying? Like, I'm just going to take over. And by the way, she, like, I also noticed it on the rewatch. She, the, like, the first, like, minute of the episode, she's texting Trixie already about the, the thing that they're going to do that night. Right. Before any of, of So,
0: I kind of want to tear down the fourth wall here. You kind of have to. Because, okay, so, first off, we found out uh, a rumor. This is A, a r- rumor? A rumor. <laughs> um, Stephanie Holstead. Holman. Holman, Sorry. Holman from Real Housewives uh, of Dallas. Yep. Real Housewives of Dallas on a podcast this past week said that she had been told that Angie K started as a friend of and was not actually a housewife yet at this point, which would explain a lot. It would explain why she's overacting, Mm. it would also explain why she wasn't invited on the trip because she's a friend of. She's not required to be there. Right. So I can understand why at that point there's so much frustration from Meredith. She didn't have to be there. Why, why did you bring her? So I get that. But on this occasion, so, so that point to me goes to Meredith. Great.
2: One point for Meredith.
0: But... Um, and we we haven't quite gotten to the scene yet where um, they're talking about what they're going to do this evening. Um, but when Meredith is asked what we're going to do that night, Meredith says, well, I don't really know. And she starts saying that, and then... um. Whitney, Whitney cuts her off. Whitney cuts her off and says, I'm taking over. We're doing this thing.
2: Another thing on the rewatch, she cuts her off
0: real quickly. Yes.
2: She, like, Meredith can't, gets two words out and Whitney cuts her off.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, is that if Meredith planned this trip and she, quote, unquote, did not know what was going to happen that night... Then that means she was told by production to not plan anything for that night. Yeah. Because production already knew they were going to do this. So this whole contentious thing was orchestrated by co- production. And that to me is irritating that we get drama amongst the cast members. That is not all that is, is not genuine.
2: Them. Yeah. And I get that. And like, I. I'm still going to be mad at Whitney over it because I have like my brain, I get like, I do put the fourth wall down at certain times and, and, and put it up in different times. And like, I think it's, you know, yeah, it's not the most consistent, but I think like there was a, I, um, Emily from she speaks Bravo said it. There was a
1: smugness to Whitney that I think wasn't necessary I think it's because she
0: knew she was sanctioned by production. Sure, there's no way that they would have had Trixie there to do this judging thing without having cleared that in advance. Bitch is booked and busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is as booked and busy as fucking um, uh, on Atlanta Candy. Sure, she is, like Trixie stays busy. So there's no way that she wasn't already already breathed. booked for this. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um, Meredith, uh, stops by Monica. She's
0: also not getting up in high drags and a drop of a hat. Sure. That's not happening.
2: (laughs) Well, so, so isn't most of the people in this cast.
0: Um, (laughs) we'll get to it. Meredith tells
2: Monica, I want to thank you because you were very kind to me and not everybody was. And Monica goes, you were, I mean, you were bombarded, you know, even though Angie is my friend that was completely uncalled for and really tacky. honestly, and embarrassing. And then Meredith goes, well, it's it's also slander. And I'm like, is the ghost of Erica Jing <laughs> slander? That's an interesting word. <laughs> oh, geez. Monica's like, you know, I don't understand really Meredith and Angie's beef. You know, I'm friends with Angie, but I'm seeing a lot of unexplainable behavior that I've not really seen before. We'll get to it later. I think I it did really come off as and this being a genuine feeling by monica in terms of like i'm seeing angie in a different light because angie is trying very hard for the cameras yeah and so that would probably like if you're not used to that it's like what the fuck are you doing well but yeah. also i i i also wonder if monica
0: is also smart as well and playing the field part of the frustration with this franchise is that so much of the drama happens off screen and we just hear about the drama. Sure. And so because we're only playing telephone with it, everything is con- misconstrued from the jump. You don't have a clear idea of what really happens. Um, but also, so, I, but it, that's,
2: it also, it's really only a problem, though, I would say, when it's compounded with the other aspect of this show, which is that they kind of speak about alliances pretty openly. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of fourth wall coming down, especially later in that fight in the Sprinter Van, about, like, alliance and who's, you know, supporting who and who's flip-flopping to what side. Right. Like they say that a lot. And I'm like, like, it comes off a little too calculated. Yeah. You know? And if everyone's, and, and because everyone's thinking that way. That's, that's, we'll get to it. That's why I kind of have the, maybe the, I take it out on Whitney a lot. Because it's one thing to be driving that, that bus when you're acting as if you're just friend, all friends in a friend group, but when you're acknowledging that there's alliances involved and like sort of like teams, like it makes it more annoying. But you kind of can't
0: not with this group because everything hit the ground so divided with the whole mm-hmm. with the Jinsha is really where that all started. You had to acknowledge the fact that Jen had her little circle. Right. And because there was no way to get around it. And then the fact that the whole show seemed to circle around Jen and her circle. And then it's still circling around Jen and her circle, even though Jen's no longer here. Yeah. Like it's, you kind of don't have a choice. This whole show was born out of the idea of doing a parody of housewives but also doing a peek behind the curtain of a parody of housewives. So it's like you can't not acknowledge it. But then also there's so much that is held behind yet another curtain and then just talked about. Yeah. There's no actual witnessing of the things that are the cause. It's just talking about it. Yeah. So it's just uh, it goes back to rumors <laughs> uh and I just, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. Um, I need the drama to happen on screen, damn it. Yeah. Oh, definitely.
2: Um, they all meet by the pool in their t-shirts. Uh, Heather's rallied from last night. She goes, I would like to apologize for vomiting on your leg, Whitney. <laughs> Meredith says, we're meeting with my friend Cliff, and we're, he's going to lead us in some trust exercises to you know get us all on the same page. And then Angie comes out, makes her grand entrance in her shirt that says, all trick, no trust.
0: Okay. So I didn't like the original shirt because it said no trick when they're at the Trixie Motel. Sure. And Trixie is there. But it's like, we're not going to trick you. Sure, Mm -hmm. but like, it, like, so we're going to purposefully exclude Trixie in her own motel. Sure. That's kind of how that read to me, even though that's not the intention of it, but like you should know that that's how it's going to get read sometimes. Yeah. Um, But I didn't like the original shirt. But then I also thought it was like you could be shady by just making your own shirt that was a duplicate of the other shirts. You didn't need to then add the layer of petty by swapping the. Because to me, making the shirt that had the swap saying made it seem like nope, I don't want to be part of what y'all are doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just here to cause problems. That's the thing. As opposed to, and, and I'm going to be included whether you want me included or not. And which, that's, those and, are completely different sentiments. But that's the
2: thing. I think Angie actually believes the first thing. She's vocalizing the second thing. Right. She thinks that, and that's why I'm frustrated with her. It's like, just be honest with the fact that you are being a bitch. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? In her confessional, uh, Angie goes, look, Mary wants to be petty. I can be petty too. It was either make this T-shirt or call a hit out on her family. I decided to go with the T-shirt. What?
0: That's like, I mm, also the Greeks are not the ones who are <laughs> famously famously like mafia Ital- like that's a- Italian, typical like by the stereotype. Girl, you
2: you're one story trait and you can't even get it together.
0: It's Italian. Irish or Russian mob. That's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, they get into the sprinter van and they're like, is this the same van from last night? Heather's like, I think they got us a new one. <laughs> and they're, but they're like, Oh, we hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. If it smells like coffee.
2: They arrive at the uh, the park for the trust building exercise. And then Mary goes, Meredith, I have to sit this one out. I can't be standing in the park in the rain because I'm no longer a soccer mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly who to trust and exactly who not to trust in this group. Can you imagine Mary Cosby as a soccer mom? No. <laughs>
0: like, I need that footage. I I can't. I honestly can't even imagine her as a cult leader, and yet we know she is one. <laughs> so I don't... I Mary Cosby is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, shrouded in... Crazy, yeah. and I don't understand what fully we got when we brought her back on the show, or what we had originally when we had her on the show. But it's a lot. Yeah,
2: she in her commercial goes, "I have my relationship built with my, you know, higher help, not these women." And then she goes, mm,
0: "Like cheeses to
2: the camera."
0: Cheese. <laughs> also, a lot of people thought she said hired help. Yeah, they're like, "Is." Jesus on the payroll? What's what's happening? She'll send them after you. <laughs> I guess. She's got the Jesus mafia. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they
2: meet with Cliff. Cliff, it, I hate trust-building exercises on Housewives.
0: <laughs> yeah. It
2: wasn't the most entertaining thing. Cliff's like, so I have this, like, traffic signal, and it's like a metaphor. <laughs> you know, so Lisa, what's something you want to stop in this group? And Lisa goes, I think we need to stop about pe- talking about other people's personal business. <laughs> it's
0: housewives.
2: Like, very pointed at Meredith, though. It's but, like, but it's
0: housewives. You don't get to not talk about personal business. That's what this is all about. Stop it.
2: Yeah. They have, and then they have to do this trust exercise where they have to blindfold one of the person and then the other person has to guide them through these,
0: like, landmines, quote unquote. Well, good thing Mary sat out so they have an even number.
2: There's that. <laughs> Mary would. Mary would hate this game. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Heather, and a professional, this isn't your normal corporate slights and and offenses at the printer that you're going to have to overcome, Cliff. We've destroyed marriages, careers. We sent one of our friends to prison. We're going to have a lot to overcome.
0: <laughs> well, and the thing is, is I don't even know if Heather realizes that literally one of these women did send Jen to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, as they're doing the exercise, you just see a producer uh, with Mary in the in the van going, can we get Mary a warm oat milk latte? She's like, double shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just cut back to Mary going, that's strange that sign says
0: humps. It usually says bumps. Oh, for like speed bumps? Yeah, it's
2: like, why does it say humps?
0: <laughs> speed bumps and speed humps are actually different things. Mm. Speed bumps are the ones that are like the, the separately formed things that are usually painted yellow and like, like bolted yeah, onto yeah, the yeah. ground. As opposed to a speed hump, which is the more gradual one that is actually made into the ground. It's not attached.
2: So, Mary, in case you were curious. Yep. There you go. We know she at least knows our existence because she liked one of our tweets recently. (laughs) Yeah, that was... uh,
0: Also, shout out to Monica who followed my personal Twitter the other day. I was like, I... My heart melted. It was great. <laughs> I love you, Queen.
2: Anyway. Um, Heather and Angie are bonding, though, a lot on this, and they're sort of enjoying each other's company. When Angie gets Heather out of the finishing of the course, she just goes, Opa! <laughs> I, I swear to fucking God. Go
1: one episode. One episode. Hell, one scene. One scene
0: would be fine. I, I'm fine with one scene.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they rejoin Mary on
2: the van, though, as they're heading back. Meredith goes, I wish you could have participated because it was about building trust and being there for each other. And Mary goes, but did I not stop you before you left and explain to you why I wasn't going? And Lisa goes, yeah, but that one thing, w- but the thing was, and then Mary goes, don't interrupt. This is not between you and me. Don't do that. <laughs> Mary tells Mary, did I hurt you at all? And Lisa goes, no, no. And Mary goes, I'm not
0: talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much um, uh, Candy on the Atlanta reunion going, this is between me and her. You, you should be at it. Yeah, like, you shouldn't be fighting about her. <laughs> <laughs> Mary goes, "Don't you have a mute
2: button?" And Lisa goes, "No." I down. <laughs> I Mar- I play all the time. <laughs> Mary goes, "Well, you need one." <laughs> Mary's like, "It's just it's just too soon for me with everything." You know, uh Whitney goes, "Why even get on a sprinter van if you don't want to participate? You don't like us. You don't want anything to do with us." She says this in her confessional, which I agree with. <laughs> like yeah. Mary was writing that line for me where I'm like it's funny that she doesn't participate and is a loner and just, like, sits to herself and just mutters, like, you know,
0: shit about other people. But it's now four episodes in a row. I, ca-
2: I can't go with another episode of it. Yeah. Like, that th- It needs to get
0: past this. Like, why did she agree to come back?
2: For the check. <laughs> I, I, like, Whit- I guess. Like, she really just wanted to tell Whitney at a point. I came back for the check.
0: I came back I to don't call like you a any, bobblehead. I don't like any of you. <laughs> I literally just came back to yell at you again. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I've done that, I'm going home.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mary goes, I still have no rewards that I messed that. And Whitney goes, but the point is we wanted you there as our team. And Mary goes, okay, I get the point. Missy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mary does not fuck with her. <laughs> and this is so good.
2: Whitney goes, I got that. She told Meredith she didn't want to do it because of her hip. And then she told me she didn't want to do it because, and as she's saying this, the camera's just zooming in on Mary, just like getting annoyed. And then they cut to Mary's confessional and her doing her Whitney impression. And then, and (laughs) then, (laughs) and then, and then, and then, and she said, Whitney goes, Why would you come on a girls' trip with people you don't want to be with? And doesn't have an answer. They're just like, okay, let's table this, guys. <laughs> like, next scene. <laughs> they go to eat lunch in the lobby. And this is the part they're all sitting down. Heather goes, so what's the agenda, Meredith? And, and Meredith goes, I don't know. if And He goes, I'm going to take over. And Meredith just shoots her a look like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Here's the- and I think it plays in. I think while Meredith won't admit it, it plays into the participation in the activity later. Right. I don't think, like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to just completely hijack my trip, and I'm just going to go along with it? No, not really.
0: I mean, again, why are you angry at Whitney? Production hijacked it. Sure.
2: She's like, Trixie's going to come back to hang out with us. Mary? I was shocked. They cut to Mary, and she looks excited. Like, she's, like, smiling. She does
1: like this weird, like, toothless smile, and it's, like, does she like Trixie? She doesn't know who she is. She, she doesn't know if that's a woman. But she knows what she is. Apparently. And, and normally, in her ilk, I wouldn't think she would like it.
2: But, like, I was, like, that's interesting. Meredith goes, Whitney and I just did a trust exercise that was all about communication. Seriously, Whitney? Um, Whitney goes, so get, because they're going to do, we're going to do a drag makeup competition and Trixie's going to judge us. And Whitney goes, get all of your makeup off, get in your white robes. And Lisa goes, wait, what? <laughs> she goes, Whitney and her professional, I'm taking over because I'm fucking bored. Honestly, don't think Meredith even realizes what we have at our fingertips. We have the opportunity to get in drag with Trixie. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I and was like, She's right. Well, she is and isn't because I'm like, Trixie's not putting them in drag. Right. But still, like, I mean, the, Trixie
0: gave them like their clo- her clothes and wigs and stuff like that. But like, Right. But like, at a certain point, it's like, you take advantage. Like, I agree with her in that why are you coming to Trixie Motel? Mm-hmm. Why are you cashing in on the uh, pro- or on the yet again because you do it with your son all the time? Why are you cashing in on your proximity to queerness? Brooks isn't
2: gay; he's discovering himself. Fuck
0: that shit! He gets his <laughs> back blown out on the regular. <laughs> that is a big old Nelly bottom, and we know it.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. We're let's not. Let's be. Let's if we're gonna be real, let's be real. <laughs> Like, let's be real. This is reality television. I'm a puss of reality in it. Like, why are you cashing in on your proximity to queerness? But then you're not also going to celebrate that queerness. And again, she does the same thing with her son because she doesn't talk to him about that. She doesn't give him the platform to then have an opportunity to be a role model in the queer community right? She doesn't give him that space. Sure. And she then wants to come in to this space that is meant to celebrate queerness, that is meant to celebrate camp, that is meant to celebrate all of those things at Trixie Motel. And she's not going to lean into that? She's just going to use it as a base of operations? Sure. Fuck you! I,
2: I, I agree. I think it's just more to do with I Meredith is a bad party I think Hasn't she hosted a trip before And it was also real boring It was really bad <laughs> Like it's
0: She's not No Isn't she the one that like s- Said that she was like The CEO of fun or something Yes that's
2: what it was And it was terrible
0: It was so bad And then they let her have this trip again No What are we doing uh, What are we doing This is at least a fun activity Yeah And then like the shitty attitudes like, really fucked this, this activity over because it could have been a fuck ton of fun. Sure.
2: Whitney goes, cancel your glam. You have 30 minutes to get ready. And Wh- Lisa goes, wait, but I flew glam in. The one thing I love, I love control over, though, is the way I look. And she's, like, joking about it as she's going to her room. But then she immediately calls John. And she's like, hey, so, yeah, I'm really upset right now. Like, I flew Morgan here. And you know how I hate, like, theme stuff? Like, like, it's not okay. Like, (laughs) which I kind of understood. I think Lisa takes it to a dramatic level because she's Lisa Barlow and she's a drama queen. Right. But like, I kind of understood her point where it is kind of shitty to like fly
0: out your glam. And then. But you already got in makeup this morning. So it's not that you didn't get use out of her she was still paid for today. Like, it's not like you wasted the money. Yeah. Like, sure. Are you paying an exorbitant amount of money? Yes. (laughs) But also like you, like you're acting like if you were to go and do something else that you would get your makeup redone. Yeah. No, you would still be in the same makeup she did that morning. So you haven't wasted any money. Yeah. Lisa goes,
2: I spend on average sixty thousand a year on glam. I get my makeup done daily. My makeup artist is on retainer and it's not just when I'm on girl trips. It's for me to go to the grocery store. Is it mean for me to say she doesn't look that stunning to have sixty thousand dollar glam? Honestly, it's it's not like
1: fun. I mean, she doesn't look bad, but she does, like it's not like wow, sixty thousand dollar glam.
0: I honestly like this is no shade. I can do my own full face beat makeup in 30 minutes and look a fuck ton more glamorous than any look she's put together. Sure.
2: Lisa the, so now but now the fourth wall drops cuz Lisa has the producer Will in her room. And Lisa's like, "I'm a good sport for the most part, but like I'm so over this." And they basically have to call the rest of the production cast in the Lisa's room to like calm her down and like she Lisa texts Meredith that she's upset. It's like, it has nothing to do with Trixie. I literally went out in public in a bathing suit and a sarong. I paid Morgan $2,500 to be here, plus her flight. It's not about looking ugly. I don't give a shit about that. It's my face. Like, I don't want anyone else doing it. And then just starts
0: crying. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. Like, And this is the point where I was like, okay, well... In in that case, if you don't want to have, you know, to do the makeup yourself because you don't feel confident in doing something that's going to look good and you really just don't want to go out onto camera and have that sort of look, fine. All you have to do is have your MUA come in, touch up your makeup in a way that is draggy, yeah. right? And then... Just, honestly, just the over-exaggerated eye and some heavy blush, and you're good. Yeah. It's not that. It's can, I,
2: can, can I say this quickly before we get to the looks of everyone? Other than Monica, no one's makeup was that crazy. I thought Whitney's was there.
0: Whitney went um, tan. She did come in in dark mode, uh, as Raven was once accused of doing.
2: But like Heather, <laughs> Heather was in drag in regular makeup. Heather had yeah. a, a big wig and, like, a big,
0: like, drag outfit. But I like, will say that it was more intense than her normal makeup.
2: Sure. But it wasn't, like, huge cut. Like, a lot of, there were very, there were a couple of Marshall, Marshall,
1: Marshes
0: in the group. Sure, but isn't that still drag? All drag is valid. All drag is valid. <laughs> um, but um, I, I will say, for me, three people tried, four people did not. Sure. And um and Angie's face already looks like it's in drag so it's fine. You, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Am I wrong? No. Um <laughs> but my my point is you could have your MUA do up your makeup and then come out for the competition and say, "Hey, I didn't feel confident doing this myself." My glam squad did this for me, so don't consider me as part of the competition, but sure. I still wanted to participate because I'm not a fucking wet rag. Yeah. Monica uh,
2: hears Lisa from the other room, though, and she compares her to Veruca from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's like, this is privilege
1: AF. Honestly.
2: Whitney uh tells Trixie that Lisa's basically throwing a fit and crying, and Trixie goes, Has she seen me without makeup? (laughs) (laughs) I have glam in Monaco. I have glam in Saint Tropez. I have glam everywhere I go. She dropped Monaco and Saint Tropez so quickly. (laughs) It had nothing to do with the argument. But she was like, "By the way,
0: (laughs) it was giving very uh, jiggly (laughs) (laughs) day. very Saint Tropez." (laughs) Lisa
2: goes. I'm a team player, so I'm going to participate in this activity, but it doesn't mean my glamour isn't going to be on standby. Jeez. Oh, they start to all work on their faces. At one point, Heather's like, should I go with like a, light, like a bigger eye or whatever? And Trixie goes, when you're on your deathbed someday, you're not going to sit back and say, I'm glad I didn't do more.
0: <laughs> I, I just, and then she still went out like, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> so they all like Trixie sits down for her judging or whatever. They all come out one by one. Whitney is Little Girl. Little girl. I love Trixie going, I guess that makes me big woman. <laughs> <laughs> Monica's drag name is just Jersey Mariah. Okay. Didn't really try with that. No. Nope. But she's got the accent. She's got her hairspray and all that stuff. Angie's drag name is Anita
1: Invite, which is funny. That is a serve. I That was funny to me. Heather is Dolly's Pride, which...
0: I guess based on the look that she had. It was put like together. I have Dolly
2: Parton wig and then I have a pride flag dress.
0: But and then she also had like that peasant top that was off the shoulder was kind of Dolly-ish. Yeah.
2: So it's like Dolly's pride. It's like Yeah. You realize these are puns. These should be puns mainly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get, Candace was the one that gave them all drag names on Ultimate Girls trips. Like fucking get her to do it. Shit.
0: I mean, honestly, her name is already Heather Gay. She could have come out as Heather queer. Yeah. (laughs) Heather.
1: (laughs) Heather
2: (laughs) We can say that we have gay friends. (laughs) Um, Meredith comes out and she's just in like, she's in a leather jacket and like pants and just has a line of pink on her eye. (laughs)
0: It was very I put my finger in the eyeshadow and swiped it across my eyelid. I this this one pissed me off. Because it's just like you're so this one pissed you off? I thought Lisa's was way worse.
2: Because Lisa like at least the out like are you like Lisa just wore one of her outfits. (laughs) Like to me, it's like at least put the outfit on. Like at least like Trixie has stuff that you can wear over this.
0: Sure. But for me, it was, it was, again, the whole background thing with the whole Meredith is the one that said we're coming to Trixie Motel. Meredith is the one that is cashing in on the proximity. Meredith is the one that is yeah. throwing a fit over having to do the thing that literally Trixie is known for. On this trip.
2: She tried her best. She did not. (laughs) She just did not. She did
0: not. That's what she claims. It (laughs) it really pissed me off because it was such a middle finger to Trixie, who was sitting right there in front of them as their host, but also like just queer people in general. Like, I was just. Get back to that award. It really really put me off. Like, I just, I don't like it.
2: Morgan ended up doing Lisa's makeup. Just (laughs) her, her makeup artist. For me, I'm winning because I get to look like me. <laughs> and then Mary just didn't even try. No. Mary, uh, Monica ends up winning. Uh, so she's excited. She's like, being in the presence of somebody that exudes confidence at a time when I'm losing it is exactly what I needed. I'm like, okay. Like, just say you're happy you won this drag competition. Like, I, I love when Housewives in general, like, try to, like, weave anything into, like, their personal story. That's like, mm-hmm. it's like okay, come on. They then go to eat in the lobby. Um, and Mary is just sitting away from the group. Like, Lisa goes, come hang out. And, and Mary goes, no. <laughs> no, don't change it. and Make it fake. <laughs> they then go to freshen up before heading out to a bar. Whitney goes, why is everyone so grumpy? It was fine out there and weird when we got in here. And Monica goes, what are you talking about? It was weird out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting, like, big energy from everyone. I thought Meredith would participate too. She did invite us here. That pissed me off. Like she did invite us here. I just hijacked her entire trip though, but she is still like, like if you can, you can't hijack the trip
0: and then be like, well, she's the host of the trip. Sure. But she's also just pointing out what I had already said. Okay. But
2: you can say it. (laughs) That's the difference. Monica says that Lisa was being, like, really insecure, being like, no, I can't look like that, blah, blah, blah. They're talking very loudly as Lisa, like, walks. They don't stop the conversation at all when Lisa comes in. And Lisa's like, what are you guys talking about? (laughs) Monica is like, I was talking about the sour pusses of the group, the wet noodles. And Lisa goes, who's a wet noodle? (laughs) In her confessional, if wet noodle looks like pretty good head to toe in Isabel Marant with good makeup, then, yeah, I'm a wet noodle.
0: But th- that's not what it means. And honestly, it didn't look pretty good anyway. Yeah.
2: Th- but then Lisa, like, is done. It's <laughs> because they all get in the Sprinter van. And they all just start kind of, like, joking and having casual conversation. Heather brings up that Whitney's dress was, like, is, like, see-through or whatever. She found out when she bent over or whatever. And they're laughing. And Lisa goes, what were you guys talking about wet noodles? Jesus Christ. What was the conversation I walked into? <laughs> She's like, I'm here to start the shit. <laughs> Monica's like, you know, I was just shocked that, you know, you didn't dress up. And then there's this long pause. And Lisa goes, I am dressed up. I'm in head to the couture. I have Valentino's shoes on, a Fendi bag, and beautiful eyeshadow.
0: <laughs> Bitch, where? Monica
2: goes, right, but it was to dress up in drag. And Lisa goes, this is drag for me. And Marily goes, Everyone is entitled to their own interpretation that works for them. <laughs> Meredith is like Meredith was literally doing the drag is for everyone. <laughs> uh, okay. Monica's like, you know, I'm just going to be this. I was Monica kind of lost me here for some reason. She's like, I'm just going to be honest, Lisa. And then she starts crying, <laughs> like tearing up and not being able to get the words out. Angie sees this as her moment and goes, do you want to hold my flamingo? girl pick your moment like it's not like it's it was so obvious like i need a funny line in this moment it's like you want me to hold my flamingo what i guess this is where angie comes off a little too try hard
0: like yeah it also might have been that it was a longer pause and really awkward in the van yeah and maybe angie was trying to break that tension But she times it so weird. She times it so weird. I mean, and of course, we only get what production gives us, right? We don't get the full effect. So we don't fully know. But what we were shown, that was weird. That was awkward.
2: And Monica, so Monica then goes, in all honesty, the ring thing is hard for me. I'm going through my own shit, and I kept trying to tell you, like, your boys are healthy. Your husband is there. There is so much you have to be thankful for, but it was still like, oh, my God, my $60,000 ring, my ring. It's just so tone deaf to hear you talk about money and your successes and the things you have and the G-Wagon and the Porsche. Maybe because you've lived this lifestyle for so long, you're outside or removed from most of America. Like, the 1% of people in the world live like you. I cut, she kind of lost me there. I was like, one, she had, she actually hasn't talked about the ring
0: all day. Yes, but I think she's likening the hissy fit she threw over glam to as as another example of her privilege.
2: I just don't, I, I also don't, too. Also, second thing, she keeps saying that Lisa's in the 1%.
0: At least it's not in the 1%. None of these women are that rich. Like, she's maybe in the five at they, best. They are like low upper class.
2: Yeah. It's like she has a tequila company. It's not like that much money.
0: Like, Salt Lake City's not super expensive. You don't have to make more than three bucks an hour to be upper class. And Right. <laughs> I just didn't
2: like the con. Like, she kind of just kind of goes on and on with this as this yeah. is just sort of sitting there and like. Has to listen to say that like you're you are out of touch with America and like I don't think she's wrong. It's
0: not like yeah, but it's uh, yeah. I don't think she was wrong. I think it was weird to to put this argument here.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is like I don't need my housewives to be like in touch with middle
0: America, but you know what I mean. Sure, but I can also understand why if you are not in that same situation like Monica seems to be. Um, Why you would get onto the show and then go, hold up, like, this is really kind of shitty. Yeah. This does not feel good, and I don't want to be around people that are this, like, oblivious.
2: Yes, but can we make the same argument like we made with Survivor in the last episode, where it's like you kind of know what show you're going on? Sure, you,
0: you know can. what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I also, but I also think that we have to remember the fact that this is only her first season. Sure, she hasn't got her her housewife's paychecks yet. That's true. She doesn't get her housewife paycheck until the episode airs. That's how reality TV works. You get paid for the episode when the episode airs. Yeah. We know this from Drag Race. We know this from, like, all of these different shows. You get paid when your episode airs. If you win a prize, you win the prize when that episode airs for the prize. It's because they don't want people, like, all of that Like, they don't want the details coming out before the episode. Yeah, I guess.
2: And I think what it is, it's like, I think under- I sympathized with Monica in the early episodes about, like, being insecure about her own finances and, mm-hmm. like, comparing it to other people. I think it's another thing when you're launching the attack on the person. And about their money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's now it does feel It's a little... similar to the Heather DeBro conversation, but Heather is not as pretentious. Lisa is pretentious. Right. Like like she gen- like she genuinely comes off as pretentious. Right. But like in both cases, like Lisa's like, I'm not apologizing for how I am.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like. And and that's fine. Um, it also I will notate that it is a little strange. Now thinking about it as someone who, you know, could probably get a credit card for like 500 bucks Mm -hmm. to have someone who is crying over the fact that they had to use a credit card to buy a $5,000 purse and they could do that. Right. It's like, okay, I get what you're saying about Lisa, but you're also kind of doing the same thing to all the viewers. That's fair. Because we are poor, poor. Well, not poor, poor, but like broke. Like we're getting by, but like, and that's how most of America Sci is. Si had zero
2: money in her bank account. She was negative. <laughs>
0: oh, you know we, what? We can't right. compare struggles, right? Sai was poorer than us, so that you know we can't ever mention it again.
2: Yeah, Lisa goes, "I like myself," and Monica goes, "That's what's rude." What? <laughs> I I didn't get that. Lisa goes. You don't fucking know me, so don't fucking judge me. I'm not going to listen anymore. I am sorry for what you're going through. And Monica goes, you don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, Monica gets then really upset at Lisa. Monica goes, you are really shallow. And Lisa goes, you really are so theatrical. Take the wig off and be Monica for a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I... I'm still with Monica.
2: Monica goes, don't say I'm fake because I'm in a wig. And then Monica starts speaking Portuguese to Lisa and says, basically you are shit, a rich ass and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Angie then tries to jump in and Monica like backhands her pink flamingo. She's like, no. (laughs) Angie goes, you weren't okay with me last time. And Monica goes, Angie, you live up her ass. So stay there. I was like, Ooh, (laughs) I was, it felt, here's the thing. It felt placed weird. Her going after Angie like this, I didn't mind it because I don't like Angie, <laughs> and yeah.
0: I thought it was a good read. <laughs> it didn't feel that weird because Angie's literally trying to butt into an argument that's not hers. Yeah. Lisa goes, who
2: are you going to flip to next? Who are you going to flip to next, Monica? And Monica goes, actually, no one can hear you because your dog is barking for you.
0: <laughs> so fucking good. This is the tweet. I tweeted about this line. That's the tweet that got me followed by Monica. There so.
2: Monica's just like, saying. Monica's like, you're defensive, and Lisa goes, "I'm not defensive, I'm barred." They then arrive to the bar, and again, Mary goes, "Meredith, uh, signal back to me if you think I should come in; otherwise, I'm good." Why did you get in the sprinter van? I love, but it would love. It was almost as if Mary was saying, like, if you need me for a f- like, if you need me to yell at Whitney because Whitney's inevitably gonna like be a bitch to you, like, I will, I
0: will yell at Whitney. Just call me. I mean. Meredith maybe should have called her.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she left, though, because then Mer- as they leave the van, Mary tells the driver, can you please take
0: me to McDonald's? <laughs> she goes to McDonald's and gets a filet of fish, a six-piece six nugget, and fries.
2: Can, can we talk about the irony that one of Mary's last appearances on season two before she left was her yelling at Lisa about how all she eats is Taco Bell
0: and that she doesn't give her kids nutrients. She, she's grown in two years.
2: Uh, growth. <laughs> Uh, They go to the bar, but then Lisa immediately approaches Monica to continue the conversation. Lisa goes, instead of addressing my feelings or hurt, Monica goes, I'm scared to address them with you. Lisa goes, but you did. And then Whitney jumps in and goes, what do you like to drink? And Lisa goes, Diet Coke. <laughs> So,
0: <laughs> and then just continues fighting. I'm surprised she didn't say, "I'd like if you to talk to." You. Yeah, Lisa goes.
2: You're conflating that I didn't dress up the way that you guys did. And Monica goes, "Yes, because it goes back to the whole materialistic, I have to look good all the time thing." <laughs> like, so they're still fighting. Uh, Meredith, Meredith, Heather, and Angie are like at like a standing table. Meredith looks so uncomfortable being anywhere near Angie. She's just yeah. kind of like. <laughs> And then she gets a sh- like Angie gets like a shot but the shot is bugging Heather cuz she smells it cuz like she's like you know when you ha- you're it's less than 24 hours and you're still like you uh-huh. know I can't have it anywhere near me it's like why did you go to a bar Oh god is that tequila <laughs> <laughs> But it's like I I kind of liked Heather this episode cuz she kind of was just
1: she was very quiet in the background just like watching everyone do their bullshit and like yeah. she's like I earned my paycheck last episode I'm just gonna
0: chill.
2: Lisa Lisa and Monica are still fighting. Lisa goes, "Look, I can relate to middle-class America." And Monica goes, "Middle-class America people don't have $60,000 rings." And Lisa goes, "Yes they do." And Monica's like, "What?" I was like, "Girl." Monica cracks up laughing like, "Girl, what are you talking about?" Completely lost it. Whitney then tells Mary, "It's like Whitney's like trying to like inform Meredith of why Lisa and, and Monica are fighting as if one Meredith doesn't know because, you know, they were in the Spirit of together or cares. Like it was clear right. it was clearly to start the fight with Meredith, right? Whitney tells Meredith, like you know, Monica feels you know, feels that Lisa cares more about image than perception. And Lisa, Meredith goes, For me, I did the best I could with my makeup. And Whitney goes, Honestly, I was hopeful you would get in drag with us tonight, and Meredith goes, "We're two different people, Whitney. I don't have to mimic you." <laughs> Whitney goes, "If I were to plan the trip, we would really like lean in to like the drag and all of that." And Meredith goes, "Well, you didn't plan the trip." Yeah, like I get Meredith's point. Like I get you. Whitney's saying your point, and I get your point. You're like I like duh, do drag when you're here at the Trixie Motel. Yeah. But like, Meredith's like, why are you reason like you just like you've been you've literally invited a guest like with the wall up. You've invited a guest, like completely without advising me who like a good amount of people here hate. And you've completely taken over a full day of like events that we've done as if you were the host.
0: Yeah, I just And you're expecting like a conversation? (laughs) Like Yeah, I just Again, I think it's silly that she planned a trip to someplace that has built-in culture to dig into. You're completely right. I completely ignored it.
2: Yeah, you're completely right. Um, <laughs> then Meredith goes, look, I've had a shooting headache for two days where I thought I had like a nerve thing going on. I was not about to put a 30-pound wig on my
0: head. Nobody said you had to do a wig on your head. Like, yeah. do more than a fingerful of eyeshadow on your eyelid.
2: Yeah, Whitney goes, it wasn't me that asked. It was Trixie. And Meredith goes, Trixie didn't say you have to wear a wig and you have to do this. We were given makeup and told to do our best. And now they're just fighting over Trixie, who's Trixie's friend. I,
0: I just, I'm tired. And,
2: but, like, Whitney can't, here's the thing. Whitney can't find her in to make the comments she wants to make. So she just makes it. She goes, so it's someone's um sister in law's grandson, three year old, and it's a headache, and it's this and that. <laughs> she wanted to get this line in for Meredith Mary- yeah. because she knew Meredith would just go, Don't you go there. Don't you fucking go there? <laughs> and Whitney goes, I'm going there. <laughs> you are a monster. <laughs> Get out of my face, disgusting. You are disgusting. <laughs> Whitney goes. <laughs> I love Whitney going, you can't hold me emotionally hostage.
1: <laughs> I, I just You know she learned that in therapy. Was like, but also
0: these are these are not real people. Like these are these are like <laughs> they cartoon characters. They're cartoon I was just thinking, like, characters. I don't know why I was thinking Daria characters, but that's what was in my head. Like, these, like, mid-80s, 90s cartoon characters that don't make sense. Yeah.
2: Meredith goes, you take a sick child that will suffer for the rest of his life to weaponize against me? Don't you dare! And then, like, her finger point is, like, so, like, it's insane. It's it's really, it's scary. <laughs> Like Meredith then walks away And then like everyone Like Lisa and Monica are still talking whatever Meredith's at the bar Whitney goes right up to Meredith and goes Hi it's me again <laughs> It's like girl <laughs> Meredith goes I'm not really interested Whitney goes well you should be <laughs> Like you have, I, I, I do agree with like Whitney's Point of like you have to engage me You're on a reality show you have to engage me Sorry Whitney's like you know, every time you say, you know, you're working through something, you say that you're going through something, you know, you did it last night. Marley goes Because I had an animal like a pit bull going after me after a long day and I got upset. And Angie's face goes, she like immediately shoots like it's like her spidey senses. <laughs> she's like, she just called me a pit bull, like, which is not even that crazy of an insult to me. Like, I, get I it's mean, a, she called her a dog. Yeah, but she was more talking about she was rabid. Like, she was like... I mean, uh, that's not great either. <laughs> and I, cu- I couldn't get over. Angie then comes up to them and grabs Whitney by the shoulders and goes, scoot back <laughs> to, like, move in front of her to f- confront Meredith. I'm like, girl, you, 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 are you trying to find your light, like, <laughs> to get this moment?
0: Yeah, that's what it felt like. Did you
2: just call me a pit bull, Meredith? And then Angie or Meredith turns away from her and just is letting Angie just talk to her, and Meredith's just like ignoring her completely and talking to Monica. Monica's like, It's been a tough night for Angie. Chihuahua and Pitbull. And Meredith goes, This one's just incessant. I just, Angie's just going off like blah, blah. You're a fucking fake bitch And Monica goes oh my god Angie goes shut up Monica You called me a piece of shit And Monica goes in Portuguese It's prettier in Portuguese <laughs> But also she didn't talk She said to Lisa in Portuguese not, Whatever it's fine <laughs> Meredith just keeps ignoring her And Angie goes she just called me a pitbull And Lisa goes why <laughs> Angie goes I don't know you look like a trampoline for eyes <laughs> or a trampoline with eyes. I fucked that up. You look like a trampoline with eyes. And then Meredith doing her evil cackle. Out, she's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like she's fucking Waluigi. <laughs> uh,
0: that's what it sounds like. Goes, oh.
2: Well, I, I don't think that face should be talking, which true. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith goes. telling Whitney stop starting more drama Whitney Whitney goes I don't think you want to call a woman that Meredith goes I said she attacked me like an animal (laughs) this part Whitney leaves like I want to be with the cool girls Um, you know the fun girls Monica was weird here too she she's talking to Meredith and Heather and she goes can I ask you guys a question though on the bus when I said she's Lisa's little bitch that was right right what what (laughs) What do you need their approval for on this? I, it, she kind of just want because I think Angie was right there. She really wanted Angie to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And Angie then confronts Monica, and Angie goes, what do you think you are, Monica? And, like, her, she's kind of just, like, she gestures upwards, and Monica goes, don't put your finger in my face. Don't put your nasty fingers in my face like Jen Shaw. And, and, but Monica is doing much more finger stuff to, like, to mock her about uh-huh. it. Like, you're Jen Shaw. And Lisa, uh, this was confusing. Lisa goes, you don't know Jen, remember? And then Angie goes, you worked with her. You were her assistant. And then Monica goes, honey, you can't be someone's assistant when you don't pay them. Let's talk about people not getting paid. So so now Monica is claiming she wasn't Angie's assistant? I'm confused.
0: Not Angie's or, assistant. Shaw's. Jen Shaw's. Uh, I, I was confused here, too. There's so much. Uh yeah I don't know they were clear and also you guys were
2: clear did you see that video, old video of Jen Shaw doing yes. wap with Angie and and blonde Monica before she yeah like girl what are, what are we arguing about here Angie goes so you left your inner confessional so you left your kids for free if Monica could erase her working for Jen she would do that she's trying to pretend there's no history with Jen it feels shady it feels fake I'm like I obviously you haven't seen Monica's confessional but she admitted it the first episode what are we talking about
0: i mean sure but she hasn't taped that confessional yet sure
2: monica in her confessional all of these bitches were jen Shaw's assistant you did favors for jen you did favors for jen and then you got paid for doing it
0: now, probably maybe what she's talking about because so it, it to me is weird because it's like she has talked in confessional about how Jen tried to get her to buy into right. this whole scheme that they were doing, and that's what put up the red flags. But we know that, that Monica was there for at least part of it because... I, I think it's been confirmed that the person that filmed that video... Of her
2: yelling at the dress designer or whatever the fuck. Was
0: Monica. And yeah. She's the one that filmed that and leaked it.
2: It was an interview on... Um, there's this... Uh, Bravo and Blaze did an interview with a friend of Jen's who also might have been an assistant or part of the Shaw Squad or whatever. Uh-huh. And like he, uh, he's also refuting the idea that Monica's saying that she wasn't paid. Let like Jen actually paid I think like for her car or something, like so, like, mm. yeah. So I I'm confused. I, I I it's it's a bit of a mystery right now. Um, they all leave to get on the bus, and Mary goes. I went to McDonald's. <laughs> Mary goes. Lisa's jealous, and like the and they all just go on the bus and head to the airport.
0: It's such a weird, like. It was like out of the blue, exit to a trip. Yeah, and it's just like next week we're going
2: to be back in Salt Lake and talking about rumors and all that stuff. So, yeah. It, it, again, I think it was it's not it's not a bad episode. It was a good episode, but I was just like I left with this like weird odd feeling where I didn't know what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was odd. Um, anyways, that was Salt Lake City for the week. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we are talking the finale episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere.
1: Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream Media. And, and I'm the Riz. So and, you, you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On a wrestling band. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm
0: Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups.
1: That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like,
0: accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To
1: a little
2: more spicy.
0: Like, one of my favorites... Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is
1: available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100%
0: of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know
1: by shopping today at survivorsknow.threadless.com That's
0: survivorsknow.threadless.com
1: Sidekick Media Services, we are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com
0: welcome back to again is mb let's head on over to orange county where the only thing freaky at this freak show party is the way that taylor talks when she's sloshed oh jesus on real housewives of orange county
2: season finale for season 15 or season 17 excuse me fucking hell this episode was so fucking good oh my god so good it was like it, it was stunning how everything was moving Heather was perfect. Tamara was spiraling it. Ooh, it was so good. Yeah. So good. It was, yeah. it, it was hilarious in parts. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Um, we started the episode. Shannon is inv- invites Emily to visit her chiropractor, Dr. Tim. Um, and she shows the, the doctor. She has this giant fucking bruise from the, the trip on her arm.
0: And they play a, a replay of her getting out of the like the boat and when they're doing the snorkeling, and you can see where she is, like she bangs it really hard like coming out of the side of the boat and mm. nasty looking.
2: Yeah, real bad. Um, <laughs> so they sit, they sit down and they have their chiropractor adjustment. It was the sound, they those were definitely piped in sound effects because it was sounding like you were saying it was like there's this
0: TikTok trend of like people just taking skeletons and like. <laughs> But they also do, like, have you seen the actual chiropractors that do those videos? They put, like, a a lavalier mic, one of the little lab mics, right where the crack is going to happen, and do that. So they may have done that. Production may have just, like, recorded the actual cracking that was happening. It sounded like bones breaking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is that like it was
2: just yeah, like someone took a bunch of twigs and like like what is the like foldy artist who like yeah, do yeah. It,
0: it sounded to me like somebody took crab legs and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like walnuts cruncher. or the little cruncher yeah
2: Shannon just going what are you doing as her leg is like Ben. <laughs>
0: this this compilation is the most this the funniest thing I think I've ever seen and then. We still get funnier shit later in the oh episode, my God. and it's like, I just, I don't understand.
2: Emily uh, thinks that Shannon might be into that torture shit watching her, and in <laughs> her commercial, she goes, BDSM, what does that stand for? Big Dick spanks, Monkey? I don't know. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate it. Like, we talked about it a little throughout this. Emily had a great season this year. Like, like she's just been funny and on top of it, and, like, like she's been great. Yeah. Loved her overall. Um, the only thing, I will say, because we get to it, like, throughout the episode, we never got that scene with her and her mother. Wasn't her mother supposed to, like, come into town, and, like, they were t- going to talk about, like, their issues? Oh, right. We no, never we never saw that. Back. I wonder if they'll bring it up at the reunion. I hope like, so. About, like, why we didn't get that. Um... So Emily says, like, you know, yo, I talked to Gina, you know, she's doing better, but she's still really hurt by everything that happened in Mexico, blah, blah, blah. We see Gina going costume shopping for the party that she's throwing, and she's invited Tamara and Jen uh, to help her. Um, she's doing a, like, freak show, like, um, you know, uh, circus theme Halloween party, essentially. So um, uh, that's what she's... It was interesting that Gina got the final party of the season like in terms of hosting
0: yeah that's usually kind of like a a kind of a spot of honor yeah like so it was really kind of cool to see it go to gina yeah it was like well
2: i i don't think she deserved it after the last episode but <laughs> she she earned some of that back this episode yes she gets she gets there but she i think only after realizing that like she was going down the wrong road um, We go then also to Heather. The, so it's like all these three scenes. The third scene is Heather is with Terry at their OC rental. They rented a house. Josh Altman got them a house in OC to rent for the time being while they're transitioning and stuff like that. Because uh, it's still the school year and all that stuff. It's 5,000 square feet, four bedroom, three and a half bath. It's you know, a, just a
0: little modest rental. Just a
2: tiny little like, you know, apartment.
0: <laughs> it's It's gorgeous now. Um, That kitchen is the same size as the kitchen in the house they just sold. Yeah,
2: (laughs) exactly. It's like, uh, you know, that, you know, your transitional rental house that has a pool table and like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Heather's briefing Terry about what happened in Mexico. She goes, I basically got dog fucked for five days in Mexico. And then they show
0: compilation.
2: It's like it's boxes of just every fight that Heather was in and everyone yelling at Heather. And then in the middle, it just pans out to Emily's dog, like humping that fucking pillow earlier in the season
1: (laughs) for way too long.
0: (laughs) This is, I was then thinking, Oh, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. So they topped themselves within five minutes and then they do it again.
2: Yeah. Terry goes, Gina believed that you called her a loser. Heather goes, That's not one of my words. I don't say that. And I would never say that about them. And Heather also said on Watch What Happens Live that, like, she never, like, the thing is, she never even said loser, even in terms of Noella. Like, it was the general, she was, like, talking shit about Noella that they gave her nothing to work with, uh, you know, with Noella and Jen in terms of the cast when she came back. Like, with those two newbies, like, I had nothing to work with. But she never specifically said the word loser. Tamra is the one that said loser in reference to Emily and Gina.
0: And multiple times. Multiple times. She did it on her podcast, which I'm surprised that this is the, well, no, this is the first time that she's been on the show while having the podcast.
2: Can I also say, why do they not believe that Tamra called them losers? Vicky's called them losers
0: explicitly. Uh,
2: And I get they're not the same person, but they basically have the same brain.
0: Yeah. And only one of them can use it at a time. Yeah.
2: Gina pissed me off already cuz in her confessional ta- she goes Tamara doesn't lie. She just saves information and then she's going to reveal it at the least opportune moment for you, which is why I don't tell Tamara shit. What are you talking about? Tamara lies all the fucking time. All the fucking time.
0: I I don't understand. She
2: literally lied to you about not knowing about Shannon's CPS comment. Which you don't know, I guess. But I I got the sense from the pumpkin patch that you understood that Tamara was lying to you. But now you're saying she's not lying. She never lies. She spent this
0: whole season lying.
2: She's just a massive truth teller, apparently. Heather basically breaks it down to Terry. She's like, everyone is scared of Tamara. Like, when I first met Gina, Gina and Emily, they said that, like, no one spoke to them when they first joined the friend group. And even Vicky confirmed it. And Terry's like, so the alpha girls are now speaking to them now. I love how Terry was like, also like being a messy bitch, like helping, like piece everything together, and like he
0: understands reality TV. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. his own show, exactly. or did? Did yeah, they still, bring it back? He still has botched.
2: It's still a thing. Yeah, I think so. Oh, huh. I don't watch a lot of E. Like, we will be. I will say though, we will be watching E when House of Villains comes on, and you guys can look forward to us talking about that here on a gayness envy we're very excited about that very excited um terry goes wasn't there a movie like this and heather goes heathers yeah <laughs> convenient emily tells shannon like you know i like heather but there's another side to her you know i'm sure heather emily goes i'm sure heather called me a loser it wasn't Tamara. tamra admits to what she says and she apologizes for it what the fuck are you talking about no she doesn't
0: I I don't. And the example, I love the
2: example that they pulled from the, uh, of Tamara doing this was them talking about how Tamara called her Shrek, called Emily Shrek in season 14 and didn't apologize to her about it until the first episode this season.
0: I also, I'm frustrated because a lot of this shit that, that Gina is saying is in confessional. Yeah. When, is, which is after all of this, all of this episode where she is seemingly getting on the right side of things. Yeah.
2: I guess you have to say your mindset at the time. I guess, it, but I don't know. It's just frustrating. Shannon's like, I told Heather, you know what positive was going to come from saying that I said something in New York. There was nothing positive to come from it. What is positive? What was ta- positive? What was anything positive of Tamara bringing up the Montana thing? At the table, not at what all. was positive about Tamara bringing up any of the Gen stuff? Nothing. Or the, there's, it's so much. Uh, I, it's it, it's such cognitive dissonance. Yeah, that it's like you know, so fucking crazy. You're not thinking. Think. Tamara tells Gina, "This was crazy." Tamra tells Gina, "Let's just say I was being malicious in me and saying things about you in New York. Why wouldn't she, meaning Heather, sit down with me?" and go you said some mean things you were wasted and i would have been like oh my god why does she have to do that why does she have to use your bullshit excuse of being wasted that you use all the fucking time maybe heather didn't do that tamma cuz you're not fucking wasted when you do this shit
0: to me it gave the same energy as well you knew i you were okay with me cheating on you because you didn't follow me to uh, yes! raquel's house yes uh what (laughs) it was the same energy and it was the same ick and i was just like do y'all all all go to a school where you learn shitty gaslighting 101 like i i don't i don't understand but gina's
2: like right no that makes sense tamra like (laughs) oh my god she's playing with just children at this point tamra goes in her confessional. you want to destroy people you're not destroying me bitch like, Tamra is... the the, the Tamra's confessionals this episode, I think, are the strangest. Because it's really her... Like, it's one thing to do this to Gina or Shannon or whatever in person and try to, like, manipulate them. To manipulate us as the viewer... Yeah. And to make it... To try to act as if this is truly your belief and, like, you actually believe this stuff that's coming out of your mouth. That's the sociopathy.
0: Yeah. It's like... It's like you were talking about... Earlier, you, you have to lean into being the villain if we're going to accept you as a villain. Yeah. A good villain knows they're the villain. Like you can't be DeLulu about yourself. Right. Like you you have to understand that you're the bad guy and be okay in those in those shoes. Yeah.
2: I think Tamra still balances that line somewhat. She never will outright admit that she's the villain, but she'll be villainous in response yeah. a lot of the time. Like I mean, it was clearly obvious how she operated this party. We will get to it. It was hilarious. <laughs> Gina um, apparently texted Heather saying that she wants to sit down or whatever to hash things out. Gina goes, I'm not going to be disrespected. This is my integrity. I've been a good friend to her. And if she will not admit the things that she
1: said, there will be no moving forward for me. This, that line pissed me off yeah, so much. It, go ahead. Because I, it's it,
0: like, okay, so you have convinced yourself based on word of tamara yeah that heather said this it is an immutable fact in your world and therefore any dispute offered any evidence offered against that fact is a lie and must be someone trying to deceive they are
2: acting as if they have concrete evidence and i've been watch i watch a lot of judge judy there's a word for this that judge judy brings up a lot it's called hearsay just yeah. because Tamra said someone said it doesn't mean that is evidence that someone said it. Right. And so, like, to say that if Heather doesn't cop to it and admit that she said this, even if she didn't, right, I won't be friends with her anymore.
0: It's just you've already made up in your mind who she is and anything that challenges that you're not going to accept. Yeah. But then she accepts. It's like, what? Okay. Yeah. Tam- we go
2: to Tamara doing a photo shoot for Amar magazine, which I, I haven't heard of, but I think it's probably a local
0: thing, for their Women of the Year. She seems so proud of something that nobody's ever heard of and <laughs> will ever see.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, she talks about how you know she's being honored for their Women of the Year thing because of her work with Vina um that she she says she's grown it into a multi-million dollar business. I don't know maybe that's true. I don't know. Um but cool. I mean, cool. I CBD stuff, I'm is probably really popular right now and really lucrative, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like,
0: well, CBD is great if you are in a situation where you are either not um in a state that allows uh, THC, which doesn't make sense because they're in California. Yeah. Um, but they ship. I yeah, think. They're they're, they do online. Um, but it's also really great for government contractors, um, or people, anybody that works in government work. Um, they can't have any either because it's not federally protected. Yeah. So CBD is a good alternative. Um, but. I I mean, I don't see it becoming a multi-million dollar industry. And then no. she
2: says she's going to, in like a couple of years, they want to sell the company and then just do another company. Like, they're thinking about sex toys, which I'm was like, that's Candy's market. Like, I get it's a different franchise, but like, you know, Candy has housewife sex toys on lock.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, there's plenty of room for like, Different alcohol brands. There's lots of different alcohol brands associated with- Do a
2: candle. Like nine different
0: people have candles now that are housewives. I'd rather her do an alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it's more in line with her brand. Sure. Her brand is drinking and fitness. Yeah. Why is she going into things that are not her brand? Get with Kenya and do some fitness DVDs.
2: (laughs) That (laughs) worked out so well. Tamara gets emotional, though. She talks about, you know, I would watch my dad, you know, with his auto shop, and it made me really want to have a business of my own one day. And, like, I didn't go to college, and I had a kid at 18, so, like, it's a really big deal for me. And I would feel, like, moved by this if Tamara wasn't so evil like yeah. in in this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, but it's nice enough for her. It's fine. Um, we go to Jen's house, and Ryan's coming over uh, as Jen's cooking dinner for the family. She's making spaghetti casserole. Um, which actually looked really good. She was like downplaying it of like, I know how to make taco salad, spaghetti and chili. And that's about it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that she was more talking about, I'm not really cooking. I'm doing pouring a lot of stuff, pouring pre-made things together, mixing it and sticking it in the oven. Yeah. So I get it.
2: Um, Jen uh, and Ryan sit down though, and they have a talk and Jen tells Ryan, like, you know, I need to know for a fact that there was nothing basically with this girl. Ryan's like, we slept together one night. We weren't together. So I'm doing what single guys do. You know, I haven't spoken a word to her in a year, which I thought was interesting. And Ryan goes, but I don't know why you keep talking about moving forward and all you do is hit your wagon to Tamra and she pulls you in reverse. Jen goes, let's take Tamara out of this.
0: Let's focus on just us. And Ryan goes, this hey. was the one time I was with Ryan and not with Jen. Really? Because I was like, you can't take Tamara out of this when Tamra is the whole reason you're worked up about it. Yes. Tamra keeps agitating this wound, which is why you can't get over it. Because I feel like if Tamra wasn't in her ear buzzing like a fucking irritating mosquito. She wouldn't be as self-conscious? She wouldn't be as self-conscious about it. I think as much. I agree. I think she still would be a little bit. Sure, but I think that she would also not like be calling Ryan every couple of episodes, crying sure. about why about the doubts that she's having because Tamara keeps saying she's got more information, she's got more information, and we all know that Tamara's full of bullshit. She should be the one doing this colonic. She is
2: second guessing her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she is second guessing herself a lot. She's like, you know, I don't know what Tam- you know what Tamara's going to say next. Basically, so there is part of it that's that I will say. Um, she's like, Ryan's like, you know, we're on a really great path and we're on this path, you know, that could lead us towards marriage and stuff like that. Jen talks to a professional how her fear is basically that Ryan will wake up one day and that it's not what he wants or that, you know, the stuff about him is going to come to fruition and it's going to get destroyed, you know, which, yeah, right. it's, it's a it's a fair enough fear. And then Jen uh, tells us that she, well, tells Ryan that she spoke to her attorney, uh, I I'm assuming her divorce attorney or whatever, and that basically like, They were like, just send your $5,000 retainer. And she's like, I don't have $5,000 to spend, which I thought was really illuminating. She was like, the the producer asked her in the confessional about her yoga studio. I was like, Are you getting a paycheck? And she's like, Me and my partners are not taking out a paycheck. We're paying our teachers and we're paying our rent.
0: And I honestly, that to me is really speaks to me about her character. The fact that she's paying the people that work for her but not taking a paycheck yeah well a lot
2: of i will say a lot of struggling like small owned businesses tend to do that yeah but i but you're right it is it speaks to that she isn't like you know doing that and i think like to me it also casted a certain this made me feel even more bad for her that Tamara was shitting her on her about like the fake fendi you know she doesn't have the money to spend that. So she wants to be able to fit in with you guys. And also, if it's a fake label, who fucking cares? Also, what does Ryan do?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. All we've seen him do is work out and take showers. I'm sure he does something good enough. Like, I don't understand. Like, what does he do to make money? Yeah. I, I
2: am curious about that. Um, Ryan, Ryan's like, I'll give you the money. And Jen goes, That's not an option. I'm not having you pay for this. Um, and she goes, at one point she goes, I mean, you're sure, right? Like, why are you tying yourself to a woman going through this divorce and it has these five kids, like, et cetera. And Ryan goes, it's easy to love you. It's easy because it's you. And that was sweet. And it was like, I, I don't think he's as bad of a guy as,
0: yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's
2: maybe problematic in certain regards probably, but like, I, I think there's good enough to him. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's Tom Sandoval in disguise, but
0: maybe, but like to me. He has he has not been defensive. The only time that he has ever like been frustrated has been frustrated at Tamra for yeah. continually making this an issue. And he has a right to be. And being tangentially frustrated with Jen for buying into that. Yeah. He has never discounted her right to feel violated or betrayed by any of that stuff. Right. Like I feel like we went into this season knowing all of this stuff and saying, you know, by the end of the season, or we didn't really put a little timeline on it, but just saying that we would be giving him a chance and watching the way that he continues to respond and the way that he continues to hate I think he's done well. Yeah. I think he's done it correctly. I think he has done it with as much... um. Uh, humility as you can possibly have, but while also going okay. But I'm not going to be branded a cheater. Yeah, I know that what that's what my past is, but that is not who I am today. So we can talk about what my past was, but that is not a label I pick up today and wear.
2: Yeah, and you gotta stand up for
1: yourself in a certain regard, right. So,
2: um, we go to Shannon and John going on a dinner date. Um, Shannon's glasses are still broken from the trip, but she's still trying to use them, and they just keep, like, <sighs> this whole meal. This was, like, this sounds, this part seems so innocuous, but to me, I thought spoke volumes. Shannon keeps saying, like, because well, they've been together for, at this point for three and a half years. Shannon, at one point, goes, looking at the menu, goes, summer corn soup sounds good, and John goes, eh, I'm not a corn person, and Shannon goes, oh. That's so innocuous, but it, it said something to me about, like, I would know if you're, like, if we had been together at the three and a half year mark, I would know if you were not a corn person.
0: Three and a half years, we had already been married for a year and a half. Right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Little things like they don't feel. But also, why did he have a need to say, I'm not a corn person? She's not ordering for both of you. Yeah, but. It's a restaurant. It's hard to
2: tell. There was that one moment in the dinner where Shannon's like, you want a bite of this? Have a bite. Have a bite. And John's like,
0: I don't want to. (laughs) Like, it's just. But also, yeah. Like, if she's going to be shoving food down your throat, you're like, no, I don't want. Yeah. I, I don't
2: know. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if John's the bad guy. I, I've heard people say, like, John gives the vibe of a bad guy, and I actually don't see that. I'm confused when people say that. Like, I think he's overwhelmed by Shannon, and I don't think he knows at this point how to get out, and I think he is kind of spiraling in terms of that.
0: I will say that it made me real uncomfortable, like, them having this lunch where he's talking about longevity of their relationship, knowing that literally they're wrapping filming the next day. Yeah. And he breaks up with her not long after like a week or so, right?
2: Not like less than a month. So like
0: less than a month from when he's talking right now, he breaks up with her.
2: Yeah. And he, the language that he uses is not, he goes, I think it's an exciting new time for us. You and I spending time together and relaxing so overdue. We'll
1: always get through the chaos and the trials together. And then he says, I love you.
2: That's not someone who wants to break up with someone.
0: Which, to me, makes me think that the stuff that Shannon has been saying behind the scenes is bullshit. That's what I think, too. The stuff that she's saying on camera is the truth. And she's saying it on camera because she knows that John will see it. Yeah, But she says she complains behind the scenes to the other girls with false bullshit. In drunkenness and... Right. Yeah.
2: I also was annoyed. So John asked about the meeting with Heather. And she kind of goes, she always has an explanation for everything. And they show the flashback to their lunch the day before. And it's Heather explaining the, the comment. Like, like it basically, the, the bringing up the, the relationship and the vault stuff. All the things, right? Right. And just like she just has an explanation for everything, because she it didn't do these things. Be, like, like I understand the argument of like you know explanation versus an excuse. No, what Heather was giving was literally explanations. Yeah, they weren't excuses.
0: Yeah, it I wasn't just,
2: I did this, but it was I literally didn't do this.
0: That that it, it's very similar to going well. There was a bank robbed in New York City last Friday, and you're going, well, I've not been to New York City since 2007, so it couldn't have been me. Well, and you then have an explanation
1: point, for everything, you apparently. You have an explanation
0: for everything. It's like, I, what? <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I couldn't have done it. Yeah.
2: We go to Tamara's house, and Shannon brings over the Citilonic uh, that she is, oh, got together with Dr. Moon and Jen is basically going to be the guinea pig for them. <laughs> She and Eric are Professional. Did I ever think I was going to be dealing with people's shit? No. no. <laughs> Every time. Every time it's good. Um, because I guess Jen was complaining on the trip in Mexico that she was super backed up all the time. So <laughs> like perfect victim. Tamara at one point goes, I poop seven days seven times a day. And Jen and Eric are professional. goes, I knew Tamara was full of shit. <laughs> good on you, Jen. Shannon then talks about how weird Heather was in the van ride home from Mexico. Like they just got that major into that major fight in the tree uh, house place or whatever. And they get in the van to go home. And Heather's like, oh, look, it's Nikki. It's his Halloween costume, guys. Look. And then like she was making comments about how pretty like Jen's feet were. (laughs) She Heather in her confession was like, I
0: don't have a foot fetish. (laughs) Like it's. But I also think that she was making the comment because they were literally right in front of her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen had her feet stretched out, like, right in front of Heather. And it's like, I'm going to mention this, but I'm going to do it in a way that's not rude. Oh, your feet are cute. Get them out of my face.
2: Yeah. Jen then talks about, you know, I haven't really had much of a conversation with Heather, like, one-on-one my time in this friend group, really. You know, and, you know, I found it odd that, like, You know, I got a call to talk to her when I was at the hotel and, you know, we talked at the pool or whatever, the scene that we saw. She then said she was going to come back. She wanted to go get her soup and then she never came back. And I thought that was very rude. And this comes up later. And Jen says her confessional, wherever I am on your ranking, I'm worth more than that. I, I kind of understand why Jenna would, Jenna, Jen would be upset. I think Heather handles it well later to where I don't mind it as much, but yeah, it's, it's, um. It's an interesting enough fight, um, but they end up having Jen try the Cetilonic, and it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> like,
0: the I don't want to poop the, in front of people, but also the image of them like putting the lube. Oh, on that the, was like <laughs> oh my god! It's unnecessarily graphic, and I just I didn't need this because it wasn't even just like lube; it was like petroleum jelly. There's a word for it. Heather uh, Shannon
2: said it, and I can't remember. Like, it was some weird, like, uh, yeah, I did not like it.
0: It it was unnecessarily graphic.
2: Okay, so Gina then arrives to lunch, the lunch that she's going to have with Heather. Heather then walks in. Heather is a boss bitch, the way she comes in this room. Just, like, head high, big posture, just light smile. She just goes, hi. And then just walks around the table and sits down, makes... Eye contact, doesn't say anything. Gina goes, you're upset, obviously. And Heather goes, yeah. (laughs) Gina goes, I'm upset too. And Heather goes, okay. Well, you called me here, so why are you upset? Heather setting the tone perfect. At this point on, Heather was the MV motherfucking P. Yeah. It was so good. She goes, why are you upset? Gina goes, first of all, I really want to let you know I value your friendship. I feel like I've been there for you." And Heather goes, "That's just really hard to believe at this point." And Gina goes, oh, like shocked face, like, "Girl, what? Where have you been?" Heather goes, "The fact that Tamara could sit there and say all these things. You were so quick to believe." And Gina goes, "I wasn't so quick." And Heather goes, "Yes you were. And yes you are, by yeah. the way." Like Heather reiterates like that she didn't call her and Emily losers. And Gina goes, You can still get, though, why I would want that explained. She was explaining it to you at the table and you weren't listening. Yep. You were literally cutting her off and just yelling at her. Yep. But but then Heather goes, okay, well, well, let me explain it to you. And then she pulls up her phone and pulls up the two T's in a pod podcast. And then we hear the clip of, and Gina is listening to this and I noted it. Gina's listening to it, but it her facial expression and the, she's like tugging her hair and like putting it's the attitude of, she doesn't really want to listen to it. Right. Like she knows what's on that tape almost while m- maybe not in the sense that she's listened to it exactly, but she knows Tamara is on this tape saying this yeah, and doesn't want to listen to it. Yeah. But it's Tamara going to with Teddy and going, we can't talk about this. And then Teddy goes, I talked about what Tamara did last night when we were leaving the place and uh, Uh, Tamara goes what did I do Teddy to who and Teddy goes to your entire cast she loudly yells at me she's like you know what we gotta go I don't want to hang out with these losers Mm -hmm. and then Heather goes that's us she's the one that said it Gina goes in her confessional okay Heather so Tamara called me a loser if you're my friend you should be telling me these things I believe Tamra probably said it. It probably wasn't said with like a malicious intent. But once again, me and Emily are being used as collateral damage in their bullshit.
0: So, okay. Go let, off. Go let's off. Just, I can't. Let's just rewind to last episode when this comes out at the table of the treehouse. The initial thing was... How dare you call us losers because you're clearly saying it with a horrible, malicious malicious intent. Even while Heather is actively in that moment explaining she was never talking about, and then clarifies later, she never even used the word loser. Yeah. So then fast forward to today, when it comes out that Tamara's the one that said loser and not Heather, Oh well, Tamra didn't mean it that way. So why, why were you so ready to ascribe like malicious intent and viciousness and horrible things to Heather, but not to Tamra? Yeah, Heather, who has never like shown any. Who's done nothing to you. Has done nothing to you. Tamara's literally dragged you in the press
2: for years. Dragged you on the podcast for years. Both
0: you and Emily. Like, you, like, has, like, said that you are not, you add nothing to the cast, has called Emily, like, Boring boring and a fake lawyer and, like, all of this shit. Yeah. Constantly, like, denigrating you. Every fucking chance she gets. Yet, Heather is the one at fault for not bringing this back to you. Yeah. Like, so you think Tamara didn't mean anything bad, but Heather should have still carried that bone back to you, and you're now upset more at Heather for bringing back, for not coming back and telling you about this thing that was not done with malicious intent
2: that's the thing you can't hold those two arguments you can't you can't say you should have told me and it wasn't with malicious intent
0: right because if i heard somebody say something like that and i thought well that wasn't malicious intent i would also feel no need to then carry it back to the person we were talking about if it was just fun light shade there's no reason to right. talk about it
2: uh Heather goes, why would I say anything about you? Gina, Gina then says like, you know, I was really focused on our relate, my relationship with you that it just, it took the wind out of me. They both then say that they care about each other. Heather's like, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't have come here. And then Heather goes, I'm being attacked for things that I didn't do. Emily, I don't trust her at all. I think she's going to the Tamra school of friendship and they play the clips of Emily's confrontations. And I'm like, it's very Tamra. Yeah. The way, she, like, the, the bluntness, the way that she's just, like, m- attacking, like, like and he- Heather nailed that perfectly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and Terry nailed it perfectly earlier in the episode. It is clear that now that Tamara has come back and is giving positive attention to Emily and Gina, they are wanting to align with her. Mm-hmm. And I think Gina is, at this point, still conflicted but like still heading the direction of tamra right she has a choice to make i feel like emily's already made her choice and i'm very frustrated with emily about it because i fucking love emily on this show but i'm very frustrated that she seems to have completely gone over to the dark side here but i feel like gina still has a chance to make a different choice yeah
2: Heather goes, everyone is so scared of Tamra. She hits below the belt. She's nasty. And there's never any accountability for it. And then Heather and her professional says, Tamara is the root cause of all of these issues. And she lays it out one by one. The IMDB talk. Yep. Where Taylor said that it was actually Tamara saying stuff. The whole stuff about Shannon's relationship. The loser comment. Like, one by one. It's all led by Tamara.
0: Yep. Not to mention the fact that Tamara has been actively attacking Jen. So it's like she has tried to pull, she has pulled Jen into her bullshit. She has pulled Taylor into her bullshit. She has turned, uh, pulled Gina and Emily into her bullshit and Shannon into her bullshit. Yep. She has literally attacked everyone and other than Jen has tried to pin it on Heather. Right.
2: Gina's like, you need to talk to Tamara at the party, basically, and and settle this. They all start getting ready to the party. Uh, John is in, like, because he's like he has, like, a suit with a top hat. John's, like, keeps going, I don't like the hat. And Shannon's, like, sweetie, you got to wear the hat. <laughs>
0: he's, I like, love, I don't
2: want to. And Shannon's, like, wear the hat.
0: I love that she's screaming about wear the hat. And then later in the episode when they're taking pictures, she's, like, get rid of the hat.
2: Yeah, no, the hat's not in the wrong place. No. <laughs> um, Gina, the, we go to the party. Uh, Gina is the ringmaster. Marvelous Miss Gina with her lion, uh, Ryan. Uh what's her boyfriend's name
0: fuck not Ryan? Um Is it Ryan?
2: Are there no. two Ryans
0: on this show? No, it's not Ryan. It's it's something with a a B, isn't it? Fuck. I was like it's not Matt. That's Matt's her ex. Right.
2: Whatever. It's fine. Move on. <laughs> Let's move on. It
0: doesn't matter. He's hot. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Emily comes as popcorn um, and and but Shane didn't try it all. He just has a t-shirt with butter on it. <laughs> like really? Uh, Taylor is a cotton candy princess because, of course, she is. Uh, Uh, Tamara and Eddie are evil clowns, which is so fitting. Like, like Tamara—that's where I'm like—is Tamara leaning into the villain, like to acknowledge that, like, you're gonna dress as this evil fucking like maniacal clown. I guess. Um, Jen is the cowardly lion. Uh, Ryan is another ringmaster who's just shirtless and Gina in her professional. At least it's not splattered painted, (laughs) like.
0: I guess.
2: Um, Shannon is Madame Bador and she has her crystal ball uh, with her. (laughs) Travis. Travis. There, Travis. Yay, Travis. Um, Shannon, uh, as they're walking with John, Shannon goes, oh, this is awesome. Put the hat on. (laughs) (laughs) And then Shannon, like, with her crystal ball to Emily going, what is your future, you loser? (laughs) Like, oh, my (laughs) God, really? (laughs) Um, Gina's ex Matt shows up with his girlfriend, Britt. Um, there Gina talks again about how being really happy about their relationship being re- really strong and being a unit together. Um, Gina then tells Emily that Heather is coming, and Gina tells Emily, like, you know, I do think you kind of have been a little more aggressive than normal, Emily, with stuff. And Emily goes, She did call us all losers, though. And Gina's like, Well, Heather actually told me that Tamara did and kind of laid it out for me. Emily goes. She's been saying shit about me for five years. That's why I don't care. She's apologized. That's going to get turned on its head though later once like all the evidence gets presented in front of Emily because like, uh, yeah. And then Emily in her confessional goes, if Gina wants to make excuses for Heather, that's her relationship with Heather. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Tamara then joins the conversation that they're having immediately. Tamara, because Tamara has to be in it, right? She Mm -hmm. has to stay in it. Gina's like, you know, I don't think Heather is, like, like you're trying to craft anything or is being malicious. Tamara goes, you know what? Whenever something is done to Heather, she takes it, she twists it, and then there's, like, like, a spin, and she presents it, like, so performatively and, and uh, the biggest projection in the world. Yeah. And then Tamara says, basically, Je- Gina's been heathermatized from their lunch together. I, uh, I can't. I can't. Heather then arrives to the party as an aerialist, which I actually thought her bodysuit looked really good on her. Yeah. Um, and Terry's her security guard. Uh, she said she wanted to come as a dolphin trainer, but there are no dolphins in the circus, so, you know. And then Tamara confessional. She's an ice queen, like her heart. Like, really pointed. Like, like Tamara at this point was... At this point in the confessional, she was reeling. She was,
0: she well, was struggling. Well, and... It's it's such a lazy read for Tamara. Yeah. Tamara's is usually so much more creative than that and this was just like Really? Yeah. That's all you could come up with? Okay.
2: Uh Shannon and Taylor are bonding and Sh- Taylor is already drunk.
0: It's I- a lot.
2: I'm not going to hump your le- I'm not going to hump you but you know I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Taylor then deep throats an ice cream cone. <laughs> out of Jen's hand. It's just like,
0: girl. (laughs) I, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tamara asked Shannon about the conversation that she had with Heather and Shannon goes, you know, I said, Tamara doesn't care if you and I are friends and vice versa. Tamara goes, she's intimidated. And she proved that in Montana when she did her high and low. And the, the thing that she brought up at the table, which we did think was a little weird, but it's, you know, Shannon, then it's just like, I am not going to let, Heather DeBro get in the middle of our friendship and then like it's so clear that like Chan- like how deep Tamra's claws are into Shannon of like Heather's trying to rip us apart. She's trying to like devour our friendship. It's like wow. It's like ugh. Taylor is then talking with Jen and Gina about the whole Heather leaving them in the room when she went to get her soup. Jen's like she used us because she had nobody else, and Taylor goes correct. She didn't speak to you for three months till she needed you. And then Gina goes, I mean, sometimes Gina actually doing good advocating for Heather goes, sometimes people need each other. And I don't think you should feel bad that you were there when she needed you. And then uh, Taylor just goes, being dismissive and being above the fray is bullshit to me because listen, listen, listen. I got news flash for Heather DeBro. My friends are fucking wealthy. They can trump every single house she's ever fucking lived in. My friends live in Beverly Hills, girl. Who boy, Gina says Taylor is code red, wasty. And then it's just a compilation of Taylor, like just getting in these drunk things, moments, like one after the other. She, her like drunk, like confused face. She looks like Amy Sedaris in *Strangers in Candy*. I pinpointed it. I'm like, she has this like sort of like 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 a derp face. That's like,
0: <laughs> well, we'll talk about her faces when Heather.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then Taylor goes at the end of the compilation goes, "Do not mess with me, cause I will fucking
0: come." Huh? What? what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Did she mean I will come for you, like like I will like attack you? Because the way that she said it was, "Did not attack me, because that's my kink." Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm bisexual.
2: <laughs> Jen says, <laughs> "I don't." Jen was being Jen was such a good producer here because Jen goes, "Maybe we should have this conversation with Heather." <laughs> like she knew this wasn't the right time for Taylor to talk to Heather. Yeah. She goes, "Sometimes I feel like Heather and you know, with Heather I was dismissed and maybe that falls on me. I just want to tell her how I feel." So then Taylor and Jen then go up to Heather. Taylor to Heather goes, "We sat with you in our little punch bowl. We wanted to go salsa dancing, but we stayed home to listen, and so we did that. And then you said you wanted to go get your chicken soup, and then you never came back." my stepdaughter was waiting for us she lives in tulum and heather goes oh god I'm, I'm i'm sorry like i took like one sip of the soup when i got back and then like i laid down on the bed and just like passed out i was so tired taylor goes why didn't you text us heather goes like well why didn't you just come knock on my door and taylor goes because i don't need to chase my friends
0: oh lord you need to chase your shots with water yeah 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 heather goes i fell asleep
2: it's silly taylor and taylor goes well when you lay down you should have thought maybe i should text my friends and heather goes okay i'm very sorry like and rolls her eyes and then leaves with jen to have a conversation goes what is wrong with her
0: (laughs) well and the thing is is that I, i will i will correct you for a second she didn't say that she laid down she said that she sat down on the bed and then fell asleep. Sure. And it's like, it's one thing if she were to lay down and then fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that shows an intention to fall asleep. But she didn't lay down. She sat down and then passed out on the bed. Jury, to the jury, I would like to
2: say that my client did a sit. She did not do a lay. So.
0: Very different intention, uh, therefore she is no longer uh, guilty.
2: And then we get Heather doing an impression of Taylor confronting her in this the confessional. is
0: what took it for the funniest thing I've ever seen. We were going to go dancing,
2: and then you want to go get your soup, and you didn't come back. <laughs> and then Heather goes, and?
0: <laughs> and she looked like Gollum. <laughs> it, to me, it looked like someone doing like the 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 motion capture for like cgi zombies yes it's like what is this put this scene in her
2: imdb the face work like i don't know many actors that could do that give
0: her an emmy for this this is fabulous
2: Jen tells Heather that she felt that, you know, you know, I felt like, you know, you didn't have any interest in me. And you know what? Like, it could be shitty on my part. If that is the case, then I'm sorry. And Heather goes, I think it's shitty on your part. And I want to tell you something. (laughs) I love the way Heather puts that. She goes, you're a great member of this friend group. I'm so glad Tamara brought you in, even though she's a piece of shit to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good on her for naming that.
2: I don't even know how you speak to her at this point. (laughs) Jen goes, you know, this whole, you know, stepping into this friend group is really hard. And Heather goes, it shouldn't be this hard is the thing. Like Heather was, if this was all calculation, like Tamra saying, it was so fucking good. Like it was so fucking great. And then, and then she like, you know, Jen and her warm up and they both agree to kind of form their relationship. As they're talking, Tamra is over at a table watching. Will not take their her eyes off them Yeah And she goes It's bullshit She wouldn't give Taylor or Jen The time of day Jen in her confessional says Honestly I do blame Tamler's behavior If I was Heather And someone like me walked in And it was all about You know My boyfriend And her boyfriend And her past shenanigans I wouldn't have interest either Um They start Like Gina's trying to get on the unicycle And Emily and Heather are Like kind of casually talking about it And then Emily turns to Heather And goes Hey look I love you and then Heather goes, It doesn't really feel that way. And Emily goes, Okay, let's talk. Um, and then Tamara goes, Oh, she's talking, looking right at Emily. Like she, she can, she's so, she's spiraling. She is yeah. so nervous every time Heather has a private conversation with one of them because she's she, obsessed. she knows her gas lane is going to fall apart. And it's like she wants to go over there, but can't. And she's just getting jittery. Yeah. It's, cr- it's, it's, it was insane. Yeah. Heather asks Emily, like, you know, why would you believe Tamara? And Emily goes, you said that you said it. And Heather goes, no, I was talking about Noella. And then this is where Heather brings up, you're talking about a girl who maligns your career all the time and says she's a party planner. She's not a lawyer. It's not nice. And then Emily goes, wait, wait, when is this? And Heather goes, this was in Montana. So after the apology in the first episode, so, Heather, Emily's excuse of, like, well, Tamara's apologized to me for everything. No, she fucking hasn't. And they show the fucking flashback to him of them in the car together. And Tamara just going, she's not a practicing
0: attorney. She clearly hasn't done a trial in how many years? Never mind the fact that she actively works, constantly getting convictions overturned for wrongfully convicted people. Yeah. That, that's trying a case.
2: But besides the, like, besides the merits of the actual thing, uh, of the actual statement, it's so, there's no misconstruing that clip. Right. There is no, uh, it's out of context, nothing. Not the way that she's been doing it with Heather's stuff, where had, like the whole Shannon's not all in thing was completely taken out of context. Right. When all, all that stuff, Tamara's is clear cut. That is what she said.
0: Also... It has now, since the episode aired, come to light that Tamra has been messaging. Uh, uh, there's a user, a blonde heart,
2: black heart. I don't, I, I I, see them on Twitter all the time. Right. Um, And they have a podcast as well. And has messaged, has talked to Tamra th- before through message and shared the screenshot of a message that Tamra sent her where she's basically saying the same thing. In 2021. Yeah. So
0: this is a, a narrative that Tamra's been pushing for a while.
2: Yeah. Tamara's over there looking, going, look at her. Just watch her talk, just losing it. Emily says, like, you know, my intent with you is never to hurt, and I know I can be really rough around the edges. And she's like, you know, that's what me and my sister, you know, we would take like digs at each other throughout our childhood. And then Emily starts to tear up and get emotional because it's like it's just feel, it's like how we combated things. And like I get, you know, and and Emily continues to cry at her confessional about like I just can't control it, and I feel sensitive, and I get attacked, and I just attack people and I go and it's like, it's an impulse that I need to fix. And Heather's hand is right on Emily's knee, like sort of like confiding in her. Like, like I feel at that point, Tamar was like, fuck, 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 Uh fuck, fuck. Like Heather's like, you know, my intention is always good and I want to fix this. I will do my best. And if I get offended by something, I'll tell you. Like, you know, we'll, we'll have better communication. And then they make up and they go to Ta- Tamara's face is dr- just drops. Yeah. You can read it on her face how mad she
0: is. Because the, at this point, the only person that Heather has not fixed everything with is Shannon. Taylor. Well, and Shannon. Well,
2: Taylor, but like Taylor's a. Taylor's friend.
0: unreachable right now.
2: Yeah, Taylor's in La La Land. <laughs> She's in Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara goes, Shannon. I'm boiling right now. (laughs) And then Tamara goes, Heather's rallying the troops. She's trying to take each girl side by side and talk shit about me, which is not true because every, every, even before the party or this whole episode, it's been the other girl inviting Heather. Right. Heather is not pulling them aside one by one to, that's not happening. Like it's such bullshit. Heather, Heather acts innocent and proper but behind the scenes she's the she's the worst worst villain of us all and she like stutters in the confessional it's like she doesn't even believe it yeah she's the worst villain yeah she's t- yeah she's so maniacal.
0: spiraling
2: and then Tamara has an, has had enough at this party heather gina and emily are by the photo booth taking photos and then Tamara goes up to them and goes oh you're taking pictures with her wow that's so different than what you told me
0: And then, like, Tamara tries to edge into the picture, and Heather just leaves. Heather just gets
2: her drink, walks back to the bar, doesn't look at Tamara, ignores her. Emily then tells Tamara about what Heather told her about the Montana comment about her not being a lawyer. Tamara goes, I did not say that. And then immediately storms to Heather at the bar and goes, are you fucking kidding me? Heather goes, I don't want to do this with you. I'm not interested. And starts to try to leave. And Tamara goes, why not? Because the truth is the truth. And Heather goes, no, Tamara, you have your own version of the truth, and I'm not interested in it. So cool and calm as Tamara, the demented clown, is just, like, spiraling. Tamara goes, you don't like the truth. And Heather goes, no, I'm fine with the truth. I don't like your nonsense and spinning of things. As this is happening, Taylor, we hear Taylor is in the bathroom trying to pee (laughs) and has to have Jen and Shannon help her or whatever. (laughs) It's, It's just the greatest contrast. And then Tamara just gets mad and starts waving her finger in Heather's face, like doing like loop-de-loops. And Heather just goes, by the way, nothing you say means anything. Let's play your podcast where you said we're all losers. Tamara goes, I was mocking you. Tamara does the finger, blah, blah, blah. And then Heather goes, you are laboring under the misconception that I give a shit how you feel.
0: I don't even smoke and I need a cigarette after that.
2: Tamara goes, I don't give a shit about you either. And Heather goes, Good. Then let's move on. And Heather walks away and, and Tamara goes, Goodbye, bitch. So like Heather and Heather was so cool and calm. She didn't give Tamara what she wanted. That yep. goodbye bitch was like she wanted she wanted to poke Heather to where she would react. And Heather yep. gave her nothing. Yep. It was so powerful.
0: Yep. I was just waiting for Tamara to fuck up and put her hands on Heather. Like, in an even in a... In pull a, a Gina Keo Uh-huh. Keogh. And then for Heather to just beat the shit out. I would have been, like, I would have been ringside at that fight. Tamara knows she lost at
2: this point. Oh, yeah. She knows it's, it's lost. And then we just hear Taylor in the bathroom with Jen going, Mama needs you to pull it up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Emily goes, did you say shit about us in New York? And Tamara goes, no. And then the producers pull up the podcast clip again. The producers were definitely Team Heather. Oh, yeah. They were pulling receipts like no one's business. Gina's like, okay, can we, like, besides all the bullshit, can we just take one group photo? <laughs> and Gina's like, it's like when you do family photos as a kid. Like, it's the worst day, but you got to get fucking through it because I want the fucking memory.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and Heather's like, fine, no problem. And then they all do it. <laughs> Shannon tells Gina that she did a phenomenal job. Like, you should be really proud of yourself for this party. And I thought it's so... It's like, because it's going to turn so bad at that reunion with Gina and Shannon. And especially after now with the DUI stuff. It's yeah. like, who boy.
0: I I don't know. I just had the thought that, that um, Bravo brought Tamra back. Just because they knew they would at some point be able to use two T's in a pod against her. Yeah. And it was more of a, see what happens when you start a podcast and you say this fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. It's going to get back to air because we're listening. We're listening to every single one of your podcasts. And if you want to go do that, fine but we will use it as evidence against you on the show. We
2: used to just be random interviews to publications and, like, you know, T- Teresa and, like, People Magazine or whatever. Now we have full audio clips of you saying shit of your own accord. Absolutely. fucking Yeah. They're playing the, the like, ending uh, OC music where the title cards go up or whatever of everyone's life. I, I, I got nostalgic when the music played. I was like, I forgot this is the... the... Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. It was like the, when the early, early, early seasons of OC. I was like, I love that they kept that yeah. right. Um, there's a moment where Tamra goes to Ryan during this and goes, "Look, you and me, we're good. Jen is happy. That's all I care about, bitch." Like you and and because it's gonna get heated again at the reunion with them. And Ryan has been very vocal on social media about <laughs> him not being the worst Ryan. Tamara. Uh Good on him, honestly Honestly Shannon uh, says, when I first met John He said to me, you know, you are my future But I still don't know if we can Jump over the small hurdles that we have And I think they're small
1: They didn't, obviously
2: Well, they they might Still be together, we don't know
1: They may have never broke up, who knows But
2: I found it really ironic, Shannon's talking about jumping over hurdles I mean, you can't clearly drive over them (laughs) (laughs) What? Moving on. Heather and her confessional. Tamara and I have had our bumps in a road, but never like this. I don't understand the motivation. You want to be the top dog? Please. It's yours. I don't need it. And she doesn't want it. Yeah. I don't think she... I believe Heather when she says that. And then just Tamara in going, the truth will always come out. Yeah, it will, Tamara. Yeah, I fucking will. That's the end of the season. So fucking good. Oh, uh, like, like, and as much as we've been on Tamra this episode, good. Thank you, Tamra, for giving us an amazing season overall. Yeah. And being a great villain. And like you, like it, this, this felt finally like the OC of old. Yeah. And it was, it was phenomenal. I I credit everyone. I think everyone, I, I think everyone should be brought back Um, next season. I think it was, it was a solid grouping. And yeah. I thought, you know, everyone had their good moments and bad moments. And I thought like, you know. I, I was really happy with how it turned out.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. Uh, we got uh, Roni, uh We got Salt Lake. We got O.C. What you thinking, babe?
2: Um, I'll start with my bottom. I'm going to give it to Whitney on Salt Lake, controversial opinion. I, I think hmm, there is just something like I I both get why she's there, and I think she was necessary in the show. But I just, I don't like people who play too dumb when they are being messes. And I think there's just something that kind of sticks in my crawl about that. Okay. Like, I think there's a lack of honesty in terms of what she does, which, you know, you could say is exhibited by a lot of housewives. It was just a little off-putting this episode more than anything. Um, And it's just also been like a recurring trend with Whitney across the seasons to where it 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 becomes kind of a compounding issue for me. Um yeah, I, I that's what I would say. I would give it to Whitney. Uh top for this week, I I got to give it to Heather DeBro mm, over on OC. Uh-huh, like that uh-huh. was a star studded performance. She felt like the star of the show. Like in in at least in terms of the episode, like she she you were so focused on everything she said, the way she maneuvered, the way she moved about the party, etc. like She nailed everything. I think she's so vital to OC. I don't want her to go to Beverly Hills. I think she is so important to this cast that is so strategic and so like she's the perfect counter in many ways. I think to Tamra, like she's great. I I love her this season. The takedown did not work. It did not work. She is striving more than ever, and and I'm I'm really proud of her performance. I thought she did much better this season than last um yeah i I really, really, really loved I think it would it can go down like top ten best housewife performances
0: of all time. I will agree with you on the heather, and honestly um i we'll get to my top because I'm gonna do my bottom first sure. um which is gonna be Aaron I just yeah i I just can't it's just so blatant with. Like and and it may not be intentional. As I said, I will give her room for it being unintentional, but that does not make it any less racist, what is being what is happening. And it's clearly tactics that she's been using I right. would say all her life. Right. And so and I get it. I am also a white person. Yeah. I also have had those things ingrained in me, but I have also put in time and effort into uningraining those things in me right and that is her job as a white person and yes she is jewish yes she does have um i i think she she had like her her dad is where is her dad from i think from israel okay so she is white passing right because she's still middle eastern um but she very much looks and moves through the world as a white woman. Yeah. Um, and with that comes a fuck ton of privilege. And she really needs to acknowledge that, especially on this cast. I think on previous iteration of Rony, she could have got away with not acknowledging that. Um, but with this iteration, with this cast, absolutely not you need to own up to that shit. Um yeah, I there, there's no excuse at this point. Um I will say my top since you took Heather and I absolutely love Heather. I'm going to make a case for Tamara. Okay, make yeah, make the case. I, I... so I don't think I don't know if this this is coming to my mind like Actively as I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. So make a little room. Mm -hmm. There may be a little mess to my thought process. (laughs) Okay. What if that was the point? What if Tamra saw last season where Heather couldn't be the anchor and the lead of this show? Yeah. And Tamra came back to give Heather the foil to set her up to be the lead of this show. Because she
2: does need a good foil. Like she, The problem is, I think it was Shannon last season.
0: Well, it was Shannon, but really it wasn't Shannon. It was Noella. Noella was the one that was in Heather's craw all season. But Noella was not nefarious and evil enough to really pull all of that goodness out of Heather. Mm -hmm. Tamara is. Now, I don't know if she's doing that on purpose. I don't know if Tamara is like putting herself up on the pedestal of sacrifice or whatever in order to get all of this out of Heather on purpose. But at the end of the day, that's what she gave us. Right. We would not have this Heather without this Tamara. And that's not to say that Heather couldn't get there on her own, but she would have no motivation to. Right. right? So Heather has, has is I think our shining star, but she wouldn't be able to rise to that height without Tamra being as overtly, heavy-handedly evil as she has been all season. Yep. Um, whether that's on purpose or not, who knows. Whether she was... Because we have noted all season how Tamra has been sloppy in comparison, in, points, yeah. in comparison to her previous machinations, right? right? She used to be a lot tighter with her movements. And a lot cleaner with the way that she did things. And it's just been real messy this season for Tamra. It's still far and above what most housewives are achieving. Right. Um, but it's been a little messy for Tamra. What if that was so that it was noticed? What if that was so that it was obvious to Heather what she was doing? Yeah. So that Heather could then be able to go, look, this is what's happening and turn the cast against Tamra. Because Tamra works best when she is the villain. Yeah, And Tamra knows this. If there is anyone who could game Housewives, it's Tamra. So, I don't know if this is just an expert like like pulling the wool over everybody's eyes that Tamra has done all season, or if it's just Tamra being Tamra, but either way, holy fuck, this has been good.
2: Can I just say also, Tamara is going to do so good on traders? Oh, so good. So fucking
0: good. They better not make her a trader. They, they can't. Oh, you think? No, they can't because it's too obvious, but I want people gunning for her all season I don't like know if she it's, is. I don't know
2: if it's going to be obvious with that group. I think there's enough non-Bravo people in that group that I don't think they're going
0: to think
2: maybe that she is going to be as devious as she is.
0: As as um, I would say that if you had inside the Bravo verse, people know that Tamra is the OG troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, in that she's the best at it and she's defined what being a good being a good evil housewife is. Yeah. But I think outside of the Bravo-verse, people would actually attribute that to Teresa. Right. So I think... Tamara doesn't get that same... Right. Tamara doesn't get the recognition outside of Bravo-verse. Yeah. uh, Teresa, I think, does get that recognition. Because the Teresa flipping the table moment is what is the first... Housewives meme that broke outside of the fandom mm-hmm. and that's the first that a lot of people heard about Housewives not from Tamra who was already on the show at that point and was already doing her bullshit over here but uh, I, I don't know May, maybe maybe it wouldn't be too obvious I think it would be very obvious to the viewers but we know who the traitors are yeah, from yeah, the yeah. beginning so um, who knows uh, I don't know I, I just, whether all of this has been on Tamra's, uh, on purpose for Tamra or not, either way, holy fuck, this season was good. Largely, in part, to Tamra. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next
2: time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media, at A Gay and His Envy, on all the platforms.
0: A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out.
1: This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.